Hello. 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 <laughs> Welcome back to the Unappreciated Movie Greetings Podcast. And salutations. Where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. Mine is horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. Oh, I have action adventure. Is that right, mister? I'm sleepy. <laughs> I am so sleepy. We take turns selecting from our movie genre, movies that, in our opinion, have not received the respect they deserve. But not this time. No. 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 This is my <laughs> special Halloween pick. So you get to pick uh, any movie you want. Any movie. I well, want. horror movie. Yeah. And since it would be weird if you could pick any Halloween movie you wanted and you went with a comedy. <laughs> Spaceballs it is. <laughs> I mean... That, that's a bold move, Cotton. It's real tragic there at the end, though. Mm-hmm. Spaceballs one that explodes. <laughs> she sucked a blow. So <laughs> this year we lost a uh, pretty good actor, in my opinion, James Conn. The guy from Elf. The guy from mm. Elf. Couple other movies, maybe God. <laughs> I yeah. love that that's a thing now. Thank you, <laughs> Carly. You know, I just want to take a moment and thank you for that. Of all the things <laughs> that I could accomplish in my life, <laughs> the joy of going, that's the guy from Elf. It's very funny because she's turned noted, renowned actor into that guy from Elf. Like, James Conn has been in so many good things, and it's like, no, that guy from Elf. The thing is, now. I know his name, and I can see him and be like, oh, that's James Conn. But now, but, no. I still say, it's the that guy, guy from Elf. <laughs> because it's a thing. Well, so I picked Misery, one of my favorite movies that he did. Uh, came out in 1990. Rotten Tomatoes... Uh, did you see Eraser? Yes. <laughs> so good. And you like this more than Eraser? Yes. <laughs> um, Spoilers, I don't... <laughs> Love Eraser. See, friends, I wish I you like see Tony's face and I was like, yes. <laughs> I like Eraser. Eraser's so good, though. It's so dumb and good. They made a sequel. Uh-huh. Uh, they did. With who? Oh, no. Not with Jan- James no. Conner or Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, Vanessa uh, Williams didn't even come back. Oh, wow. She saved the best for last. <laughs> well, just when you thought the chance had passed. A, th- a sequel to Sometimes that would have worked. Like U.S. Like The Fugitive and U.S. Marshals? That works. They could have done it. The sun never one. goes around the moon. That song's such bullshit. Yeah. If the sun went around the moon, we'd have fucking problems. She's a flat earther. Well, Rotten Tomatoes gives us a 90% uh, Wow, uh, that's high. Audience and a 90% critic. That's high. That's one of the highest we've had. Metacritic, 75%. Mm. That's high, too. Um, Love that Metacritic. I know. Yeah. I mean, like, 90% Rotten Tomatoes. What's a Metacritic? Oh, 75. Who'd you forget? I don't have a movie. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you've got an hour and a couple of... You got however long it takes me to talk about this movie. Wow. I'm going to get yourself together. I did not pick a movie. <laughs> and it's Thanksgiving pick, too. Yeah. So it has to have Thanksgiving in it exclusively. Wow. Thanksgiving romance. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Actually, I bet you there's some there's like Hallmark The Family Stone. Is that the qualified? Family Stone. I'm pretty sure it takes place over Thanksgiving. Does it qualify? I'm not sure. Look it up. Sorry, guys. Okay, keep going. Well, it was written by, obviously, <laughs> Stephen King. Never heard of him. He, he wrote Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. It. 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 Sounds those. interesting. Welcome back All to right. podcast. Dr. Sleep. Maybe just Dr. look Sleep. at it, see if it's something you want to watch. I've seen it. <laughs> the uh, screenplay was done by William Goldman. Uh-huh. It did Butch, Cass- Butch Cassidy and a Sundance Kid, The Princess Bride, Maverick. Really? Mm-hmm. The Princess Bride guy mm-hmm. did this. Rob Reiner. Yeah, he's a very good writer. This is really weird. Like, I'm sorry, this is not a very scary movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a thriller. A, it's a thriller. 
But still, it. when I think of Rob Reiner and Goldman, like this is not the movie I'm going to think of ever. You think about The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah, 100%. Hundo P. Again, it's starring James Caan from Elf, Godfather, da da da. Godfather, that sounds interesting. Las Vegas. What's it about? I don't know. Las Vegas, That's what's the premise of that? <laughs> One of John's all time favorite television shows. It's up there. Uh, Kathy Bates from Titanic and Blindside. Richard Farnsworth. No, no, no. Also in the w- 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 water boy. You can't say well, yeah, Kathy Bates does. without talking about the water boy. I forgot about that. Like, we were going to eat a piece of this. What would you say it is? Uh, it doesn't exactly have pots, but I'd say maybe it's his knee. <laughs> he don't have what they call the people skills. Richard Farnsworth from Two Jakes, Rhinestone. Uh, Lauren Rhinestone. <laughs> Lauren Bacall from Key Largo to Have and Have Not. Audra, this is the dude that played Matthew Cuthbert on the Anne of Green Gables miniseries. <laughs> yeah. From the 80s. Oh, I'm, women all over will know him as Matthew Cuthbert from the Anne of Green Gables miniseries. It was super famous with girls in my age bracket. Okay. I have two reviews. Customary. There were no one-star reviews for this movie. Wow. None? None. Mm, I could write one easy. <laughs> well, this one is from Movie Addicts 2016. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. Misery is at times humorous, at times amusing, at times scary, and at times truly appalling. But it is an, always an excellent thriller. By Minju fifty nine. What's that? What do you think that is? Minju. Minju. French for movie lover. Mm-hmm. Gave it two stars. Sure. They said the title is appropriate. Don't be fooled by this impressive credentials. This ugly, abusive excuse for a motion picture is wow. just a trashy, big budget adaptation of yet another Stephen King pot boiler. Even worse, it's a transparent misogynistic revenge fantasy aimed straight at the fans who made King a success in the first place. Misogynistic? He does beat a woman. Um, to be fair... Um. <laughs> I don't think... She didn't that... even do anything wrong. <laughs> she just fate fed him and took care what? of him. I'm... I'm... Uh, I'm... He... <laughs> Carly, uh, feelings <laughs> stuck again. Hit her. I think we're both yeah. stuck. I'm trying to figure out... Nah. <laughs> misogynistic? I don't know. I'm what just in this you movie know what? is specifically misogynistic? <laughs> uh, the fact that a man thinks he can write a novel starring a woman, maybe. <laughs> Although, actually, there's this thing that men can't think about that men can't write women as main characters. But I feel like that only applies to men can't write women as main characters in romance novels because they often get that like the tone is not right. But men write women in lots of different fiction genres, and no one ever bats an eye. All the problems that women, men have writing women, women have writing men. It's because you don't understand the other sex. I don't know what it's like to be a woman. I've never been one. Well, I I don't think it's that men write women badly. I think it's when you're reading a romance novel, most of the readers are women. Agreed. So when you're, you're, you're expecting a certain thing, and men and women are, are different. Spoilers. What? Um, Hot take. Hot take. Personal opinion. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> but you're look. But like men don't write romance novels because they're writing it from a man's perspective, and women are the readers, and they want their <laughs> perspective. Like, she was hot. Generally, but not even all the time. <laughs> and I think that you not like when you think of other genres, it doesn't matter as much. I can see that. Well, Kathy Bates won an Academy Award for this movie. Can I read my favorite piece of trivia? You can. 
All right, so my favorite piece of trivia is in 1991, Kathy Bates became the first woman to win an Oscar for Best Actress in a Horror or Thriller Film, which I thought was interesting. The first performer to win an Oscar for a horror film was Frederick March for his performance as the title character in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in 1931. And the only other winners for acting in horror film were Ruth Gordon for her performance as Mia Farrow's neighbor with the hidden agenda in Rosemary's Baby in 68. Uh, she got Best Actress in a Supporting Role. And then Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster won Best Actor and Actress for Signs of the Lambs in 91. And then Natalie Portman won Best Actress for Black so- Swan in 2010. I just thought it was really interesting how few... Horror, yeah, horror movies horror don't pop movies. in there. Yeah, they tried to do. Uh, they tend to go to dramas. What's his and... name in it? But they didn't yeah. go anywhere. But I mean, it's the same for like horrors and the like comic horrors. <laughs> horror movies and like comedies often yeah. don't mm-hmm. get to be that the best actress. It's it's almost always dramas. Yeah. Sometimes romances, but almost always some kind of drama of some sort. Which I just thought was interesting. Well, Jack Nicholson was offered the role as uh, Paul Sheldon, but he said no because of the backlash from The Shining. My, uh, James Caan had to spend 15 weeks in bed during the shoot of this movie. But he did not like that. No. <laughs> uh, Misery the Play was going to star Julia Roberts and Bruce Willis, but Stephen King said no. Uh, Annie is a burly woman, not a pixie. Mm. So, but Lori, Julie Roberts is not a little lady. Lori Metcalf, yeah, but she's also not burly. She's just well, but, tall. But Lori, <laughs> but Lori Metcalf, who later starred in the play, is not a burly woman either. No. <laughs> I guess it would kind of if you have a pixie fighting Bruce Willis at the end of the movie, be like, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is much of a fight, even with no legs. Bruce Willis is gonna fuck her up. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Kathy Bates is a good choice because of her stocky build, and she looks like someone who could be a real. You know, n- nurse could or have orderly carried him. Yeah, and could have pried that car door open. Who, uh, I'm sorry, when you <laughs> see her put her the on right the bed, build. it's like she picked him up and carried him in the snow. I mean, he's a big dude. Mm-hmm. I. It might have been a hard time picking him up. Well, I guess the mountain wouldn't, but that doesn't count. <laughs> the I <mountain>. mean, <laughs> but, it would have been. He doesn't exactly qualify as a person anymore. <laughs> well, think if they had went with an actor with the build of like David Hyde Pierce. Mm-hmm. And then with that Kathy Bates, that, that would have been much more believable. Someone with a Although smaller I'm build. Hyde Pierce is picking up the typewriter. <laughs> no. Actually, as he's wiry, he's wiry. Men can even small men can have a lot of strength. No. As some wiry. Well, no, but like you think I'm someone saying. like David Hyde Pierce. I'm yes, just saying easily somebody, he easily he's a can bad have motherfucking stuff arm. He's but got he, three wheels aside. Yeah. <laughs> but he easily could have gotten to that level of strength over the course of a couple mm-hmm. weeks. Whereas a woman is not like of the same Couldn't slender build. Wheel of cheese. You cunt. Uh, <laughs> but like, but even really uh, wiry men are still really strong compared to woman. A woman even much bigger than him. Like, I know this for facts. Them doobie fox. Well, the film starts with Paul Sheldon, James Caan, mm-hmm. clickety clacking on his typewriter. He panned to a single so cigarette. Clack went the track. Mm. Panned to a single cigarette and a bottle of Dom Perignon. What did you, you know, say? Perignagin. Perignagin. With a single flute. The words appear on the page one he after had a flute. another. 
Paul pulls the sheet from the typewriter and writes in pencil, the end. Coffee. He adds it to the rest of the manuscript and puts it in his messenger bag. It really bothered me that he wrote the end in pencil, by the way. Well, he wanted to write it really big. But it bothered me. He typed the whole thing on a type on a typewriter and then... So they could read it. You can read the end in typewriter. Or, or in type. In type? In print. In print? <laughs> in type. Type what, set? What did you put in that coffee? <laughs> it's Irish. You're the one with the salad, sir. Not I. And I'm, but I'm not the one fucking up words. <laughs> I do that all the time. Then he pops the bubbly, downs the drink, and smokes a cigarette. A little bit of the bubbly. Afterward, he loads up his old uh, Ford Mustang and drives off through the snow. We get the title, Misery. As he makes his way through the windy mountain roads, he's grooving to the music, and we all see where this is going. Snow falls, starts to fall harder and harder. And he's still driving like 50 miles an hour. Yeah, I'm very upset about how he's driving down these roads. Paul loses control and drives off the side of the road down the mountain. Car rolls several times and stopping upside down. We jump back a bit. Paul is talking to his agent. He explains his fondness for this Lauren Bacall. For this bag and how he's tired of writing about this character misery. After his last book, he can move on now from that he's killed her off. His agent would rather him continue to write about misery, but Paul's just not into that anymore. We cut to the badly wounded Paul inside his car. He passes out. Someone pries the door open with a crowbar and resuscitates him and drags him and his bag out into the storm. Paul wakes up in a room. He's attached to an IV. A lady named Annie Wilkes, which is Kathy Bates. She's a nurse. She saved him. She gives him some painkillers. And, and she says, I'm his biggest out. fan. Cut to later that day, Annie's tending to Paul's wounds and gives him some more pain pills. She explains that Navril. Uh, they're just outside Silver Creek, but the roads are all snowed out and her phone lines are down. Days pass. <clears throat> Paul's face has healed some more. His legs are bad and his arm is, I think she said his arm's fractured. She dislocated. Dislocated? He dislocated his shoulder. He might have a fracture in his, I don't think he, no, because it wasn't splinted. It was just in the sling. Yeah. So she said he dislocated his shoulder and... She had a really hard time popping yeah. it back it in. It was stubborn, but she got it back in. But the real problem is his legs. He has multiple fractures in his legs. And she yeah. set them with household goods. She, I mean, she, she actually did crutches. a good job. Apparently, but I really didn't think so. Like, the whole time, I was like, she fucked up his legs. <laughs> yeah, but no. then... I mean, they're compound fractures. They're bones sticking out of them. So yeah. Apparently, she really in. did do a good job. Until she fucked it up later again. Well, she was. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey, we see later, spoilers, in those news articles that she's quite a good nurse. Yes. Um, she said as soon as the road's clear, uh, she can get him to a proper hospital. Till then, it's an honor that he'll heal up in her home. She's his number one fan. She says repeatedly. We cut the biggest the, fan. It's really yours. We cut to Paul's agent. <laughs> she's calling the sheriff in Silver Spring. She's worried about Paul. She explains how he went up there for the last six weeks, but he's been missing for over a week now. She thinks he, uh, she might be overreacting, but wanted to call anyway. Sheriff's a very small time, you know, it's very, sheriff of a very small town, um, but he starts trying to put some pieces together. Lazily. <laughs> Lazily put some pieces together. In the trivia, it said that they made this character more proactive than in the book. <laughs> And I don't think I want to read this book because there's no way this character can be 
I mean, I could see a lot lazier, but at the same time, like, oh my God, lazier? I mean, he could have said, I'll put it in my system written. He didn't even write Lauren Bacall's phone number down. He no. just wrote Paul Sheldon on a sticky note and put it behind him on the bulletin board. I know. He could have just, in the book, maybe that's all he does. Or not written it down at all, which makes me... There's a part of me that wonders, how does he ever find him if he's lazier than this? <laughs> have you read the book? No. No. Oh, I'm curious. You don't let a book in the way. You have to movie. read it and tell me. I'm not going to read it. No, 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 no. no. You, if you if you like a movie, you don't read the book. It's only going to make it worse. <laughs> Audra was texting me this morning about Friends, the listen, never ending story. Don't ever read the book. <laughs> I don't second that advice. No. That is not the feelings of the podcast as a whole. Just as John as an individual. Don't at me, fuckers. <laughs> um, but I was texting with Audra because she listened to the Never Ending Story, and she told me that she'd never read it either. Mm-hmm. And then I respond responded with, you know, it's like the Princess Bar- Bride. It's one of those books I've always wanted to read, but I've never. I'm just too lazy to do it. And she said she has the Princess Bride. I and I, she's never read it. I've started it a couple of times, but I didn't. She Get said she would read it and send it to me, but she's still on book nine of The Wheel of Time. So she's oh. got a long way to go before she can get through it. Don't make that sound. I no, love just, The Wheel of Time. No, I'm just saying it's a long series. Yes, it is. I've never read it, but I, I mean, it's more of a it's Well, a there's long magic. Series. It's not for you, sir. No, no, no. I just meant that it's a long series. It is it's very It's going to take a while. And I don't like... And the guy died before he finished it, so... <sighs> hurts my feelings. People love the way that, um, what's his name, Sanderson, Sanderson wrote, wrote the end of those books. I don't like that guy's writing. Ooh. So I don't like that. Hot take. We'll, we'll I don't hear, like... We'll hear you oh, say that. People love him in his books, too. He's a very famous author. Sometimes. I don't like his books. I've tried. I don't like the way he writes. So then it's I have this bullshit. wonderful series that Your I'm so trash. in love with. And the guy tragically dies. And his, friend, and his longtime friend with his wife's blessing finishes the books. And I read him and I'm like... <laughs> the way you write books <laughs> i mean they're fine but they're not you know fine stands for don't you yeah it means it's fine it's neither good nor bad it's middle of the road no it means that's down, no insecure neurotic Did and emotional you ask us what we thought going in he didn't no he just started he doesn't want to know i was there when you all went in so <laughs> that's true we watched this together as a group <laughs> so tony could enjoy elaine getting freaked out about stuff i got video it was pretty good but I'm not I just have post written it on the a internet. note about how I've been avoiding watching this movie like the whole time I've known you. <laughs> you well, boiled her secret plan uh, to never have to watch this movie. Well, I mean, There's plenty. Who wants to watch something that's called misery? I don't watch this in 1990. I don't watch things for enjoyment. <laughs> I knew slightly more about this movie than Carly, but I expected more torture. Hmm. <laughs> well, back at Annie's. Uh, well, it was the 80s. Paul says he's very lucky that she <laughs> found him. No boobs. And he says... Uh, it was the early 90s. She says it wasn't love. It was a transition period. She, she was, was following, following him. him. Stalking him. She had been she sitting said outside of his hotel him. looking at the light. <laughs> but she regularly drove up there to watch him. Just watch his room. And she saw him leave. And she knew it was a bad storm out. So she followed him. Yeah. She should have lied and just said, well, coincidentally, I was behind no. you. Why would she lie? Well, she wouldn't because she's obviously a crazy person. But <laughs> if she didn't want to spook him, this is spooky. She's not concerned about spooking him. I know. Well, she shaves him with a straight razor. Which would scare the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Well, she's not a barber. <laughs> she goes on and on and about his wife. She loves his work. 
And what? Paul asks again. So about you're not that. supposed to do that. <laughs> you don't. True. Don't trigger you're my bottle now. <laughs> It's That's your it. fault. It's I'm your gonna, own fault, Carly. I'm going to call you later. There was a ball. <laughs> Just hang up. Like, oh. The phone will ring. I'll be like, oh, crap. He'll <laughs> <laughs> leave a message. What was the message? You Me, ties. I don't have voicemail set up on my phone. <laughs> I hate that. You are the worst You don't have voicemail kind. on your phone? Nope. You what if I need to kind. leave you a message? Then text me. <laughs> What if I'm at work and I'm okay. calling her from a work phone because okay. I dropped my phone in the toilet and I desperately need to tell her that I've been shot in a leg and I need her to get a hold of John, but I can't leave her a message. Well, Call here's, Tony. here's how He's this works. He's got voicemail. <laughs> here's how this works. What's Carly's phone number? <laughs> I mean, it's an excellent point. Case closed. No, you want voicemail? No, I had an issue where every time I went to check my voicemail once I got my this phone. Every time I went to check my voicemail, I had to reset up a password to get into it. And I was so tired of it, I just said, fuck it, you can't leave me a voicemail. Mine just tells me the voicemail. I know. If I can get into my phone. I had to, like, go into AT&T's little thing. Mine just lets me listen to it. I know, mine does too. I don't know what her Every time I wanted to, uh, there's still, there's two voicemails on this phone. Every time I turn it off and turn it back on, it's like, you have two voicemails. They are... From the first three weeks of me having this phone, I never checked them because I, by then I was already tired of voicemail. On this I feel phone. like your phone plan needs to jump into the 19th century. Yes. Jesus Christ. 19th century? Yeah, 19th. I went way back. There weren't cell phones then. I feel like that's when you they didn't need a password. On telegraph. All right. So Paul asks again about the phone lines. She says, no, they're still down, but hopefully they'll be up soon. And he gets quiet and says, uh... She saw a manuscript in his bag. She wants to know if it's okay if she reads it. Paul says, well, he has a hard and fast rule about his rough drafts and who gets to look at him. The only people that get to look at him are his agent, his editor, and people that pull him from a wreck and save him from freezing to death in the snow. So Annie jumps up and down. She's ecstatic. He's going to mend this rule. She says, yippee. <laughs> the sheriff checks with the innkeeper. There doesn't seem to be anything out of the ordinary. He worked on his book. He had his... Champagne is cigarette. Do you think maybe he should have said, just so you know, this is not a misery, misery book novel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because well, she's his biggest fan, and pretty much every book he's written so far that's gotten published was a misery I feel novel. Like, <laughs> I feel like, so while he's here, his last misery novel comes out. Yes, which confused so, me, I'm not going to lie. It's a little confusing. No. <laughs> I feel like when he was meeting with his agent, he was, they were talking about this will be the release of the last Misery novel and that the book he's writing will be something different. I, yes. That's kind of... But you think if this is the last Misery novel, there's probably... It probably talks about it. Like in yeah, book reviews and would. press. The la- Like if he's yeah. written 15... Like when authors finish the series, a lot of time it'll... Yeah. Like when... When like Anne they Rice talk about doing the last this is the last yeah. this will be the Somebody's last we write in the series. Some copies ahead so, of time, yeah. arcs and stuff. And well, the author bugs. usually tells you like a couple authors I follow when they finish the series, they're like, "This is the last book we're writing. We're 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 moving on to other projects. We're not going to write any more of these." That's just how you know. So savor it. And that was part of the press that they did in the upcoming release. Yeah. So I assume that she knows that this is going to be something different. Because she's fo- she's following the buzz for the release of the new book, 
the last she seems one in so the series. When misery dies. <laughs> no, but but well, just because she dies doesn't mean she would die. Uh, yeah, they're telling us this is going to be the last book I'm going to write about these characters. She could have a happy ever after. Uh, I want to talk about that when that comes around. That's true. But. I'm sure there's been press that this is just going to be the last one I'm writing in this series and I'm moving on to other projects. It's, I think that she would know that this was the last Misery book, which is why she was so upset. We'll, well get there. Annie is feeding Paul soup. She says uh, she's 50 pages into the book, but there's a problem. She's hesitant to say, but Paul insists. Annie doesn't care for all the swearing. Paul says, well, look, the characters are slum kids. That's how they talk. Annie gets loud and says no 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 people don't talk like that shouting she spills soup on him screams at paul i was a slum kid if you go to the slums this is what you hear (laughs) and then she's like shaking and she's screaming like yelling she's yelling at him yeah she's screaming in his face and she kind of catches herself and apologizes paul lets it go but it's one of our first glimpses that annie's not quite uh that and the I used to just watch your hotel room. Yeah. So and first, I was, following. I was following you, and now I scream at you over the word "bitch" and oh, yeah. cocksucker. Like, Do and, you think when I go to the bank, I tell them that I need a bitch in check? Yeah, like a really flaming flooring, flooring filth. No, like yeah, she's really screaming at him. She tells him that you can't she say these him. things to people. Yeah. But then backtracks it. I mean, I love your mind. Paul is uh, kind of stunned on that. The sheriff rides the highway with it's his wife. It's all at once. Yes. The sheriff rides the highway with his wife. Uh, he thinks he sees something buried in the snow, so he jumps out of the truck and climbs down. Almost hurts himself falling into the deep snow. And then he climbs back up with his wife's help. <laughs> it's like, how's he going to get back up? Then he falls. He's waist deep. <laughs> And the camera pans to the side and shows that he was like three feet away from Paul's uh, car's back tire. He just missed it. So the sheriff, though, is like 70. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're they're elderly, the sheriff yeah. and his one deputy, who is so, also his wife. The Longmire situation. Yes. But it's... it's there was a sheriff in it's the extra. Morning. It's extra funny because they're elderly. Yeah. They and pick, they, they were elderly. I love listening to these back and hear me singing. It's great. Like, he's such a good singer. You should be a singer. As the sheriff gets back in his car, Annie drives by. You enjoy my singing, don't you, dear? Yeah. And I, I love I it thought. when you sing when you play your jazz triangle. It's my favorite thing. Mm. When this, when Annie drove by and she saw the sheriff and his wife by the crash site, I thought she was going to figure out a way to keep the car hidden or come back and do something. With Just that keep car. dumping snow on top. <laughs> <laughs> she was gonna stop she got a bobcat with some snow i i thought she would stop and they would have one of those folksy conversations like hey sheriff how's it going hey annie you read anything good lately you know like hey sheriff how's your mom like if you like that they knew each other and if the if anybody had seen that sheriff that they would have stopped to just ask hey how you doing you get a flat tire you know what i mean but she didn't stop well paul is resting when the door opens and he slides in um at the main store in town, the newest Misery book has come in. Annie bought the first one. She said she's also talked to the hospital. They said he's, that he's basically fine where he's at because there's no infection and will send an ambulance as soon as the road's clear. And he's like, well, how did you get to town if the roads weren't clear? And she's like, well, no, the road to town is clear, but all the rest of them are they're like, But where is the hospital? Okay. <laughs> Apparently not in town. She also says she called his agent and everything's fine. Everybody knows You know the first at. road they clear? The, the one at the, the hospital. 
the hospital, the and like the if you get them to the, the main firehouse, town, they'll get them to the hospital. Yes. Um. Anyway, uh, she says she called his agent. Everything's fine, and she he keeps asking about it, but she keeps changing the subject. She's like, my book. phone line is still down. Just the ones in town are up. <laughs> but yeah. why doesn't she, she doesn't appear to have a phone? Which I is why ha- I think she has one upstairs. Maybe I don't know. We never really see upstairs. Yeah. Well, the next morning, Annie brings him a big breakfast and is glowing. She's ate up with his new book. She's on page 75. She's also a slow reader. Yeah, I know. I would have read the whole thing. For a person who doesn't seem to do anything all day long. (laughs) Besides somebody else's reading I'm just saying, Tony, you elitist. The the scene before she was on page 50, now she's on page 75, and it's at least a night. Like, what have you been doing all day? Elaine would have had this book done. I'm a slow reader, and I would have gotten further than that i w- if this is my favorite book series and this is the last one i'm not going to sleep until this yeah. book is done unless i have to go to work in the morning yeah. and she spoiler doesn't. alert this woman has no job yeah, i mean that, that, she did say that this farm was kind of dreary with just the cows and the chickens so perhaps she's taking care of animals i don't know yeah. that pay that book i was waiting for like 10 years to come out they came out i read it in two days it was over 500 pages it's not as which book way, is that? way more dense than Misery. With War and Peace too. Yeah, one of the last 40K books. That he had me pre-order for him, and then he forgot and pre-ordered one for himself. We don't have to do it in all of our business. <laughs> so we'll got an early birthday present. <laughs> See, this is the sanctity of marriage. You tell your wife something, and she tells everybody. That's what I'm Get your feet her. off me. Because there's, you know what? Like, it's telephone, tell, tell Carly. T- no, it's telephone, telegram, or tell your wife. It's just Tony has a bad memory. <laughs> I do not, Sheila. Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. The book oh. is, the bur- book oh, is perfect. Cut to a new day. The snow's melting a bit. Paul's laying in bed as usual when a large pig pushes its way through the door and jumps up on his bed. That's this sad. pig freaked me out. Okay? I kept waiting for something really disturbing to happen with well, this like, pig. It's just a pig. Like, I know it's like just a pig. She served some dinner later and be like, it was the pig? Yeah. <laughs> but there's something I about this. Say hi to misery. Yeah, like... There's something about this, like, the whole time I waited for this pig to do something upsetting, and it never did. Maybe in the book it has something going on. I don't know. I mean, she could just be someone who has a pig as a pet, but it just because it's a we horror movie. see the pig again? Or, That's like, a, a thriller? We'll see it one other time. Because it was so... Well, she's outside. reading the book, and she's, like, yeah. petting the pig When she's outside, point. and he flicks her off yeah. playing with the pig. But it's so clean, so you think it lives in the house. It doesn't live in a pig pen yeah. outside. But I thought... At the very least, because I really thought she fucked up his legs. <laughs> I thought at the very least the pig was going to like... Jump bite, on the bed? Bite the blanket and pull it down and he would see his legs. So she showed him to him, but he wasn't really looking yeah. when she showed him to him. I don't know that he had seen his legs. I thought the pig was going to jump on the bed <laughs> or and Or he would jump up uh-huh. and hurt his yeah. legs more. Mm-hmm. I really thought there was going to be something with the pig and his legs. <laughs> Well, Annie wanted Paul to meet her since she's named Miss. Pig was a red herring, a red pig. It really was. <laughs> the red piggy. She's his number one fan. So now she's on page three hundred. Whoa! The book is. This must be months later. The book is divine. <laughs> Uh, the only it's thing, one of the only two divine yeah. things in this world. The Sistine Chapel and this book. <laughs> who who painted the Sistine Chapel? Michelangelo. <laughs> yeah, no, but what did she call him? Would you like to discuss that? No. <laughs> Michelangelo. What did she call him? She's a racial slur. Oh. 
This that just went bloop, right over my head. <laughs> That's why I asked John if it was his favorite line because it was a racial. It's a very derogatory yeah. slur towards Italian people that she used, <laughs> and I was kind of making a joke, asking if it was his favorite line. And I just said no. Seeing if he had thoughts about it. it while we were watching the movie. Uh, and I didn't want to discuss it. Because casual racism against Italians is okay. It's not okay. That's why it I is. thought maybe you'd want to discuss it. It is. It's in every movie, every third. Where you go, it's okay. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, she chases the pig out of the room making snort noises. And then she snorts at Paul. And Paul sighs like, wow. The next day, Annie explains that after her husband left, she fell apart. She worked a lot of long, lonely night shifts at the hospital, but then did she started. Leave or did she kill him? I thought I think she killed him, but I don't have any. She idea. killed everybody. <laughs> well, I, I watched a back thing on it, and she's she's probably killed like sixty people. There's well, Cyrus Grissom she and then her her father, her stepfather, her mother. Uh, she killed babies. her husband, all those babies, a bunch of elderly people. Well, when we were looking later, we see her scrapbook that yeah. shows like the history of people she killed, and you see the first man when she's a child, and I assume that was her dad. But there didn't yeah, seem that to be. Sign on it said Daddy. There didn't seem to be any notice of any kind of wedding announcement or something in the paper either. So I, I thought maybe she made up her husband. Oh, oh could have been. I thought maybe he was fictitious. <laughs> but anyway, she was really lonely, and then she started reading. And once she found misery, it made her forget all of her problems, and she was very happy. <clears throat> she reads the book over, reads the book series over and over again. But she only has two more chapters left in the new book. She knows when she finishes, she's going to instantly start right at the beginning. Oh, Andy Which I've done. Before. <laughs> so good, you're like, oh, i got to read it again. <laughs> Annie takes Paul's pee bottle and leaves. Oh, my God. She and she's talking. Finish. She talks with her hands, and she's fleeing around. And I thought she was going to cover him in pee. I know. You and Carly were both looking at this like something's going to happen. And, and I just knew there was nothing, and I didn't want to spoil it. But then you talked about it for like five minutes. I'm like, oh, geez, nothing happens. <laughs> There's nothing here. It's... There's a lot of red herrings. <laughs> she's shaking around. You're both like, ah, ah, ah. Aww. We kept waiting for him to get covered. No, hey, nothing his happens. face was like that, too. We, us two and Paul, were all waiting for her to sprinkle pee all over him. For that I little sprinkle like, of tinkle. I mean, if you spill a little bit of my pee on me, I'll live. I imagined I'd probably peed on myself a little bit anyway because I've been bedridden for a yeah. week, for well, months. You, well, if you sprinkle when you tinkle, be a Which I was, wipe the seat. Well, seating. we'll get to that. But well, that night, Annie stalks into Paul's room. Her expression <laughs> is searing anger. How could you? Apparently, at the end of Misery's Child, Misery dies giving birth to her child. And he goes ballistic, screaming, shaking Paul's bed. You killed my misery. He's like, no, I didn't. Really? Who did? She slipped away. I just slipped away. No, you killed her. Slipped away? <laughs> she said, you murdered my misery. It's like lots of women died in childbirth. Lots of women still die in childbirth. <laughs> well, I, not as many. <laughs> no, not as many. Two things here. Like, there's a significant drop-off now. <laughs> childbirth has been a dangerous situation for women forever. Yeah. <laughs> So it seems like childbirth. <laughs> I just okay. I got two main things here with this whole scene. All right. First of all, misery. This character that's mm -hmm. happening in this book Lovely is she man. a prostitute? Oh my goodness. What is the deal with? So this woman in the book Misery dies in childbirth. Mm. Fine, but all Very the things we hear about misery in the series, she's not married. Is she divorced? Has she lost her husband? Because in the final book that he writes, is she going to end up with? Winthorpe or Ian, but you just had a baby, so are you a prostitute? What is this character? Very interesting. Mother read the misery books. It's some kind of old, well, and it obviously takes place in like the old west, 
but what's happening here? I have questions. Also, when we see these books, yeah, they look like they romance, look like romance yeah. novels. <laughs> but you trying no, to say men can't write some romance novels? I, no, I did. Not I'm going to tell you right now: <laughs> if for it to be a romance novel, 100 percent, she can't die at the end ever. Because all Rome, in order to be of the romance genre, it has to have a happy ending. Well, this one happens to be a drama. Then it's or, not well, a romance. Also, well, he wrote covers, nothing but romance and then a tragedy the end. Well, he like did want to stop writing the character. But That's the covers make it look like romance. So it's, oh, shut up. It's a movie. But it's intriguing. You know who doesn't know how to write romance? Stephen King. Hondo uh, P. But, <laughs> Especially because he calls boobs yabos. Yabos? Yabos. Look. I'm allowed to have thoughts on a movie. That's okay. the whole point of Look this Look at the Yabos on Super Freak. <laughs> That's the point. It's a great line. But, Paul Walker, gone but not forgotten, man. Mm. <laughs> they call him Yabos and Hocus Pocus, too. It's real weird. I still haven't seen the Hocus Pocus. Have you seen it yet? No. Tony's not going to see it. You can ask him a hundred times. I watched the new Monsters. That was terrible. somebody makes him, he's not going to watch it. I thought that was It's like I watched the new Monsters and it was terribly bad. And it was dreadful. My other thing here is, how pissed would you be if your beloved character was killed off on book like 15? You're super invested in this character. You've read all these books. This is your fame, favorite author. I have to actually know, Tony and Carly. And like, okay, know you know exactly this is going to be the last book? So during Game of Thrones when they killed Jon Snow, I was like, oh! But like, how would you feel if... Back. Yeah, but Game of Thrones is different because you you know anybody <laughs> could die at any nice. time. <laughs> I mean, but, you just only like, got to come back. But this is like when they shot Tony Soprano. Like, he's the main character. You think he has plot armor, know, and all of a sudden... still six minutes left of the show. <laughs> but all of a sudden, he's fucking dead. And everybody went crazy, like, is your phone, is your T-cable working? The entire world thought the cable went out. Or like, <laughs> when Iron Man died. Like We saw that coming. And I feel like... And it was time for him to go. When Thanos Here's died, the thing. It, was, it was real sad. I, there are book series that but I love. you Norfolk guys, all yes, on Thanos' side. If, like... Because they live in Norfolk... Because it's the only one of the book series that you've talked about that I've read. If Harry Potter died at the end of the Harry Potter books. Yes. I it was would sad, have man. been totally fine with that. Like, I would have accepted it. It was a very dangerous situation that he was in. Uh-huh. And that as long as Voldemort also was stopped too, I would have been okay. <laughs> well, okay, now I have another question. Before I forget. But Harry Potter is a child. It was written for children. Yes. Do you think it's okay for them to kill off... Not a book written for adults, mm-hmm. but would you have? But that's a book written for children. Like Ron Weasley, well, in the beginning. For yes, they were all written for children. So. No, yes. but <laughs> by the end of it, it's more young adult. But still, they're Ron like goes the way of the dodo bird. They're still written for children. Everybody thinks, oh no, well they no, they were still a book written for a thirteen to fifteen year old. That's the age range of those books. It would not been okay to kill the main character off in a children's book. But. But if, if if I knew, like and I know said, she grabs hundred dollar bills and just wipes the tears away from her face. This but, is the end of the series, which is awesome. So either it's going to end and they lived happily ever after, or yeah. it's going to end tragically. It's a comedy or it's a tragedy. Which one is it? I would have understood either one. I well, might have been more sad have... if there was a death. But I just don't right. think you can have a group. You can have a big group of people fighting somebody for the end of the world, and nobody dies. People but, have to die. But people do die. Let's yeah. not even talk about. But not even like Harry Potter. Just a book series. This is a character that you've been like, with. We should have had Sean Bean in there. Yeah. Like, oh shit. <laughs> okay. The first book. All right. <laughs> Harry Dresden. <laughs> there were a few times when I thought. 
when they fucking killed him, (laughs) when they fucking killed him and then made him come back as a ghost, I still hate that book. Yes, that's the worst. That's the worst. I still hate that book. But if the series ended with his death, Death? as long as he didn't come back as a ghost, I think I'd be fine. But how how upset were you when he died in that book? I was very upset because you're like, oh my God, there's not going to be any more. He's (laughs) dead. How could they let him die? Like... And he saved everybody, and he died. But, like, it was very upsetting. Like like Flash Gordon? And then they had him come back as a ghost, and that was fucked up. He yeah, saved every one of us? That ghost book and is terrible. I really have... <laughs> <laughs> so mad. I really want to reread those now. I think I might... No, you should really rewatch Flash Gordon. Uh, you know what that movie doesn't have? Boobies. Because Audra sent me a text message and said that her and Ken were trying to think of every 80s movie that had boobies. And they couldn't remember if Flash Gordon had boobies. And I said, I don't think it did. Did Flash Gordon have boobies? No, but there's some Audra and I were talking for like an hour and a half today. And John's like, are you still talking to your sister? And I said, I think we're just chatting today. So I do it with Tony all the time. Usually me and Audra don't chat for more than 15 minutes. But tell her to watch Beastmaster and you get um, accidental bags. Oh, Oh, yeah, there's lots happening in Beastmaster. (laughs) She listened to our episode. She might never watch Beastmaster again. (laughs) Was that taped? Pretty sure no one recommended it. I would at least have to look at some pictures just because of curiosity. <laughs> if you saw a tank, because there was a lot of BDSM weirdness happening in that movie. <laughs> a lot of weirdness happening in Beastmaster. I don't know why you picked that shit. Because it had fond memories. I thought it was going to be good. It was not. I was wrong. I've admitted I'm wrong. Did you see? There's a new Red Sonja movie coming out. I did. Yeah. There's also a Conan movie in the works. Yeah. Well, I was always in the Conan movie. Well, no, Schwarzenegger evidently has they, wanted for some kind of testing or something. I'm like, oh. they, they might actually do King Conan. Oh yeah. wow. Maybe. I don't know. I'll give that new Red Sonja world probably. But I'm not I'm, super attached to that character. Yeah, I don't we'll want to see that. But I will see the new Conan. It was your first episode. I know. It was good. Which we found out was a backdoor Marvel movie. Yeah, see, we yeah. learned a lot. And Infinity Stone. Your first no, Waterworld was. Oh, no, Waterworld was. Second, it was my was second, second pick. episode. Okay. <laughs> he loves Waterworld so much he thought he picked it. Yeah, I assumed I picked it. It's scary. So Annie grabs a, she's screaming at him. She grabs a small table and Anthony rushes Hopper Paul. The over the shoulder, no sights. To smash on a jet ski. It, to smash <laughs> on it on him. Ski. But at the last moment, she slammed it against the wall instead, splintering it into a thousand pieces. I thought you were good, Paul, but you're just another lying old dirty bird. She called him a dirty bird like six times. It hurt. She doesn't swear, but she says some things. And some of her mannerisms... Are like a six-year-old kids, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the way she giggles and laughs, yeah, and the way she talks. Like when she snorted that pig out of the room, like she. There are times when she's very childlike, and like the way she swears and yells, it's it's very childlike. Oh, that stunted growth. Something was, uh, it was probably molested. I think. Maybe maybe that's why she killed her dad. It's possible. Or her mom. I don't know. Anyway, she says she's the victim. Is what you're saying. No. She says, I don't think I'd better, I should be around you right now, Paul. Probably better for everybody. Storms out. And uh, before she leaves, though, she drops this on him. She didn't call anyone. And he is her prisoner. And if anything happens to her, he'll die. Yeah, that. Paul's like, fuck. I feel like. No, he says shit. He stops and says he, shit. He actually says shit. Now he knows he's got to cover his eyes. But he can't because his, his ass is broken. I feel like this and is. And he has no go-bots. No. And Alfred is nowhere in sight. No. I feel like I wish there was a little bit more breathing room between her crazy outburst and the no one's ever going to find you. 
Well, we only have an hour, yeah. two hour movie. So. Is that, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, but I feel like I wish that scene, there was a little more breathing well, room. Well, in the book, there's more breathing room. Yeah. I don't, we don't actually know that. Then, you know, there's we'll no way to None of us have read the book. Like, if she had left and then come back and then, like, been kind of, like, creepy with him, been like... Or, like, if he said, I want to leave, can I please leave? <laughs> Because, like, this is her first, like, this is the second crazy outburst. Yeah. Where he's, and, like, if the next day he's like, I think I should just go. I, I'm, my book caused you so much pain. And trying to convince her to let him leave. And then she drops that, no, you're not leaving. You live here now. We're together forever. You can't leave. And well, nobody knows you're here. Well, and he jumps into wow. her, uh. Yeah, I feel like it should have been <laughs> What more. was that last thing we did there? <laughs> and he wow. jumps into her Jeep. Yep. Okay. And drives off. Paul drags himself out of bed at great personal suffering across the floor. He pulls himself with his good arm, turns the doorknob, but it's locked, and he passes out. Mm-hmm. Cut to the sheriff. More people are calling about Paul now. He's been missing for a few weeks. Where is he at? Well, he's in Colorado, and he generally drives from Colorado to New York. Mm-hmm. So if he had, if the first, that blizzard was on a Tuesday, and the editor or whatever called probably maybe over the weekend because he yeah. asked his wife when was that blizzard and she's like oh it was yeah. Tuesday she didn't say so it was like, two Tuesdays like the ago first, <laughs> the first call I guess would have been when he was missing for like a week we expected him back he hasn't called his daughter he hasn't called me yet we're you know but you could see well if he's driving cross country maybe he broke down somewhere maybe it's taking him a little more time that sort of thing mm-hmm. but so now it's been a while and he, he mentioned something about he was supposed to meet his daughter because it was, it her, was birthday, her birthday. And he doesn't, so. And he finds him on the floor, helps him back in the bed. Why'd you get out of bed, you dirty little birdie? She tucks him in and says and she, she... He has managed to get back, so he's next yeah. to the bed. So it looks more like he fell Rolled out of out. bed than he was trying to escape. <laughs> she tucks him in and says she got him a surprise. She apologizes for being so upset earlier. Her thinking gets muddled sometimes. That's why she couldn't answer all those questions when she was on the witness stand. Very suspicious statement. It's like, I'm Wait, sorry, can what? we circle back? But she circle asked God back. about him. Yeah. She wheels in a bag um, with his manuscript, and it's on a small grill. She dribbles starter fluid all over it, then hands Paul a match. He must burn it. Paul says, I'll burn it if you want to. It's no problem. There's tons of copies. His agent has some. Every publisher around is going to be starting to bid on it. Uh, so it, it won't matter either way. And he says, then light it then. And he hesitates. And he smiles. I know this is the only copy, Paul. You never make copies. He's superstitious. She tells him about his ritual that he does because she saw it on him explain it to Merv Griffith 11 years ago. Talk to her. First of all, this is a reference. <laughs> <laughs> and you just dated your movie. Yeah, a little bit. A lot. A lot. Oh my God! Do you well, know the fact there's Chris no phones in Carly? No. I've heard the name, but I yeah, I like no. I remember Merv Griffith. <laughs> like pre- you know Merv Griffith. It's like pre Johnny Carson. I know who Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson was in. Yes, like, <laughs> it's pre Oprah. But <laughs> yes, pre Oprah. Yes, pre Oprah. Like Phil Donahue. Yeah. You know who Phil Donahue was? Yes. Mm. Well, he had daytime TV. Donahue. And I know who Johnny Carson is. <laughs> but like Merv Griffith was like. Begin, it was like pre Donny Carson. Mm-hmm. And Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve, she's on all these. Yes. Yeah, but but that's the thing. Like, I'm not, that's why I asked because you know who Johnny Carson is, but not Merv Griffith. But there are people like Gwen, Gwen's age group. She they don't choose. Who, she doesn't know who Johnny Carson <laughs> yeah. is. She might not even know who um, David Letterman is. Yeah. Does she know who Carson Daly is? 
Option. Probably no. No. No, no probably oh, not. Yeah, because that's still more my generation. Yeah. Yeah. So like this really dates the book and the movie in a funny kind of a way. Because so I was what like, TRL wow. no, that's that's way before. Probably her really time. doesn't know much about MTV because why would she watch that? Yeah. Right. No, she's she unless you were interested in. 16, 16 and pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> 16 and pregnant Look, again. Or my or, super sweet 16 yeah, or whatever. Or so that shit. is not the, the crowd Gwen was running with. <laughs> Let's just be real. I don't think it's trash TV is Gwen's like, bag. This is exactly what we need to do. Trash TV. There's all some the people. Time. Some people love trash TV. That's Those true. people. I don't know why. Why if they watch that shit. People didn't love it. They would stop making like some, <laughs> like people who love Real Housewives like, oh, and yeah. Priestley knows best and Jersey Shore and like people. Oh, love. if I saw that Chrissy guy kick him right in the face, I just really I hate his commercials. Mm-hmm. I is hate that his right? commercials. <laughs> but he you love. But you loved that, um, what is it that his kid said that one time? Oh, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. <laughs> well, no, they didn't make and that up. Every, but they made it popular. No, they didn't. That was yeah, a very popular did. saying. No, I never heard it till I heard that. Okay, well then. And most people had never heard that till they said that on that commercial for that fucking show. But those, I bet. He's the worst kind of person. He's a super rich white dude who just pushes his weird shit on people. Yeah. That can't. That show still can't be on. Love Island. No. Oh my God. There's so many trashy shows. What did he? And if they weren't getting ratings, they would stop making so many. <laughs> no, they're not on anymore. But there was a big scandal. I'm not sure if he. I can't remember if. If he went, if he had, committed some crime and went to jail, or turned out to be gay. Not that those are the same in any way, no, but there was some big scandal. He probably turned out to be a criminal. Because a lot of these people who are now famous. I'm Will rip you off blind. That's why Kim Kardashian's getting sued. Are they doing tax evasion? Or yeah. So well, I hope Paul, she gets fucking sued to bejesus and loses millions. Paul tells her that don't worry, he'll keep it a secret then, and oh, nobody yeah, has to see this uh, book. And he says, no, you must burn it to free your mind. She starts. And the rest will follow. Be colorblind. Don't be so <laughs> Talking to him. Uh, charged with conspiracy to commit bank fraud, bank fraud, conspiracy to defraud the United States, and tax fraud. And Julie, his wife, was also charged with wire fraud and obstruction of justice. Sounds like pillars of the community. Hope they both get gonorrhea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also thought I saw something about Todd Creasley being gay. Not that that's a scandal. But, I don't care. You know. I don't care who he's fucking. <laughs> I care that he's screwing over the American taxpayer. That's right, everybody. He's stealing from you. Yeah. Well, she's soaking his bed sheets as she talks to him. Uh, making she's, it clear what will she's happen. She's getting lighter fluid all over his... So Paul likes the book. The fire goes a bit out of control, and then he runs and dumps a bucket of water on it. Instead of just uh, where is lid the lid to the grill? <laughs> um, and why didn't those curtains catch on fire? <laughs> <laughs> on the, like, she, like, part of the curtain did catch on fire, and she put it out. But while she was putting that out... A piece of it landed on the top of the curtain. You know it what? was on fire. We could see it. You know I don't think that was part of the movie. I think that was a visual effect because they did practical effects and actually used fire. I know. So that was probably, oh shit, you got the fire suit, you should put that out. Because it would have been cool if the top of the curtain burned a little bit and Annie didn't notice it, but the cop noticed it. Or when Sheriff came in, he was like, hmm, that's a little weird. You know, and just That would have been cool, things. but then Buster would have had to be a very good detective. Buster was not. <laughs> Buster kind of fell into some stuff. Speaking of which, a helicopter flies over with Buster and Rob Reiner in it. Well, uh, bust a bust. He points out Annie's house. They watch. So uh, Buster's like, woo-ha. Annie and Paul watch it fly away. 
and he gives Paul his painkillers, but instead of taking them this time, he saves them. And he watches TV that night, The Dating Game. Remember The Dating Game? I do. I thought that was Love <laughs> Connection. I don't know. Whatever. She's eating Cheetos Chuck and Woolery. Coke. He'll be back in two and two, because two commercials in two minutes. <laughs> he would, I love to watch um, The Game Show Network And he was hosted this show called Lingo Which was kind of like a crossword puzzle bingo kind of a thing Oh god it was so good he's Actually he, he's kind of like went, Wordle This is my life Oh, oh I didn't do the Wordle <laughs> today But then he got in his Mercedes <laughs> like, <"It's> my life. <laughs> But I really enjoyed that show And I really like Chuck Wolf. Like would you be a talk show host? No I don't have the personality for it Or a game show host rather uh, personality for it, but if I did, I mean, I was welcome make, back. I make lots money. of money. You know? <laughs> Get your Wingo Wango car. Yeah, I feel like I'd be really good at it because I can oh, you fake would. enthusiasm for um, some dumb shit. I mean, I shit. do it for a living. Fake enthusiasm. <laughs> Everybody fakes enthusiasm yeah. for a living. Mm-hmm. I feel like I. Do. I'm not to quite tell you this. I never fake enthusiasm for you. I don't think that's true either. <laughs> But, but like, like on we Friday, the survey says, we played a Wheel of Fortune in my classroom, and I was the host. <laughs> Everybody whenever has to take it at work. Whenever we do stupid contests at work, and I get ridiculously enthused about them, because it's fun, because it makes the Can you record that for me? I'd love to see it. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> but... I have more enthusiasm than anybody else in the management team, and the associates love it. And it's super fake and super enthusiastic because it makes them And laugh. you're spoiling it all of your associates who listen to the show. They know I do it, and I don't know one from work listens to this. <laughs> That's why I like my boss. He doesn't do that shit. Listen to your podcast? My boss doesn't listen to my podcast. No, no he doesn't fake enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm pretty like, sure. Yeah, I don't good do job. it when it's my coworkers. I do what? it when it's the kids. <laughs> I don't... Okay, sorry guys. I don't talk about my podcast at work ever. I don't think anybody that I work with even knows that I do a podcast. We're not that close. I keep my lives very separate. A couple of them know I have an all makeup Instagram, and that's about it. <laughs> don't talk about it. Sorry, I'm not trying to get us new listeners. Because then if I want to talk shit about work, I don't have to worry about them listening. See, and that's the problem. You need to promote your shit. That way we can become rich and famous and not have to worry anymore. I don't want to be rich and famous. No, I, I want to be rich, not famous. Like the, the guy who goes crazy with the golf club, that would be me. Leave me the fuck alone! I'd be that guy with the, the paparazzi. Well, spoiler, we just got back from Vegas and we did not win big. I was really hoping that <laughs> I would win enough money to pay for my car in cash. But I'm going to tell this. Since you brought up, I'm going to tell this story. So one of our, our, our faithful listeners, Ken... I said, hey, you know, I'll put some money on a number for you if you'd like. And he said, 13 black. I said, okay. So we're waiting to go see the Beatles Circus Soleil show. And I'm like, oh. Awesome, by the way. Fan. Yeah, it was. I'm like, oh, you know what? I promised Ken I put 20 on black. And I thought about it earlier in the day and was going to do it. And Elaine's like, no, wait till. So it was one of those virtual things. He's like, no, use an actual roulette with tape. Roulette wheel. Good job on that. So we did. So we did. And we go there and I get my, I put my money down and he gives me Right side $20. out of the theater is the actual And I walk over and I just kind of put it on 13 black. I'm not really paying attention because. It's fucking You're roulette. You're like, yeah. this is. I'm just giving twenty bucks. Yeah, and I'm sitting there, do do do, and the guy looks at me, and goes, 13 black." And nice. I said, and I said, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts pulling because me and another guy both put it on thirteen yeah, black. I look at the guy, and he goes, "Yeah, we won." And I was like, "Oh!" So then we shake hands, and, and he's putting all these chips in front of me. I'm like, "Are those mine?" John's <laughs> thinking it's going to be the other guys. Yeah, because because he not. put a chip down too. So they, like he gave his and his money. Yeah. Like, and the guy looks at me, and goes, "Here you go." 
Come and I was like, wow, that's a lot of chips. And the guy whispers, that's because he wants you to keep playing. I was like, yeah. well, I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> and then the lane's like, you should split it a few, few numbers so you really don't win that much. Right. When you just go blam, put your shit on one number and yeah. win, that's $700. That's wow. pretty good. So then I, I, I take the money and I'm like, well, I, I'll play again. And I put it on the one underneath it. Because. Mm-hmm. Keep playing. Never All of it? No. No. Like 20 <laughs> he, took like, he took like 20 bucks. I put another 20 wing. bucks down and put uh, it on that. And I'm like, I may be on a heater. You hear about these things. Yeah. So he puts have... it on the number underneath and it. The number underneath it. And the number above it one. I went, motherfucker! Oh, <laughs> should have done both. <laughs> and then, Still, he, that's pretty and then he's like, though. I'm walking away. And, and then like, I was oh. like, and then I looked at the guy and went, Carlo me up. <laughs> because he gave me a lot of chips. Yeah. And you know, you say color me up so they give you less chips. And I was like, and the cashier would be. Yeah, <laughs> went and cashed it, and then I, I sent Ken a message like, "We won, buddy!" And then I gambled some more, and um, I sent him his half. Actually, later, <laughs> later we were playing on one of those electronic roulette. But I didn't mind; it was all winning. Roulette's yeah. pretty fun. <laughs> so Elaine got good at roulette. At one point, I gave Elaine fifty bucks. I look over, and she's like two hundred and something dollars. Like, holy shit! Nice. I did, but I uh, kept playing until I lost. I should have cashed out. I thought about. it. I'm like, I should cash out, but I didn't. And then you just keep playing, and eventually you fucking lose. That's the game. Yeah, but. But it's, roulette, all, but it's all winning. When you go to Vegas, fun. it's way funner it's, than blackjack or crafts. I'm going to lose this money. Yeah, and I never lost we, it. You turn twenty we into seven hundred, and you lose seven hundred. You didn't lose mm-hmm. anything. Right, you're just fucking but, around. You, you know, just break. You like broke even. Little, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's so loud. It's when you <laughs> spend twenty, win seven hundred, and lose seven thousand. That's when it's a problem. For New Year's last yeah. year. And that's why I stopped playing. Because I would have very easily so gave all that and back and then stopped. And they want you to. And just yeah. playing poker. And that's why you gave me so many chips. But it's actually pretty fun. And we'll, next time we go and back, I gotta we'll tell you, it was one of those surreal moments away. where like my body was there. But my entire like consciousness had left and didn't quite understand what was going on. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. what are the chances. Right. Obviously not well, not much if you no. spend 20 get 700. <laughs> That's Somebody was like, wait, what? Watch him. <laughs> so and I'm waiting for someone went, to... <laughs> like, because you know, in that room, they were like, that guy walked over, put one thing down and won. $700. And they were watching me like yeah. a motherfucker. And the first thing we did after that was go cash in and went yep. right to the fucking Beatles. Yep. <laughs> so I guess if I was cheating, they're like, all right, fuck it. It was only 700 bucks. Yeah. Because next thing they'll start well, seeing comps and stuff but the, like that. that happens. Because you don't win. No. That never happens. No, it does happen, though. It never happened again. Casinos, I, I hear all about it. That will, I mean, if I play a while, I'll win. But yeah. you never just walk up and win. That's never going to happen. I feel like that rare. that is rare, but it does happen. It's the same people who put one quarter in a fucking slots and hit big. Yeah. It does happen. Because now yeah. I tell this story, someone's going to go, that's going to happen to me. So they try. It's <laughs> also the same story as like the one person who uh, puts their hand up the vending machine, it falls in and kills them. You're like, that doesn't happen. But it fucking I mean, does. It kills yes. like 40 people a I mean, year. Laws of probability will tell you that it has to happen. Yeah. Like even if it's a million to one, there's a one. <laughs> I know. You were the exception, not the rule. And it was only $700. Well, speaking of... And Elaine goes, if you'd have put $100 down, it's like, I would never put $100 down on a fucking roulette number. There's no way I would ever do that. But if he had... If I'd have put a bajillion dollars down, I wouldn't be living here anymore. (laughs) But I would have never put that much money down. He would have had a heart attack. (laughs) What happened? He died. (laughs) Elaine got all of this money. (laughs) He had a heart attack. And then she went to the Beatles. Yeah, Ben, Ben, do the math on that for us. If you put 20 down, you win 700. What would you want if you put 100 down? Presumably five times that, but I don't know. It looks like 700. So, anyway, Annie's watching the dating game, whatever. What did did you say it was? Love Connection. Love Connection. She's eating her Cheetos and drinking her... 3,500. Nice. Drinking her Coke. I want to... 
I would have died. No, I'd have went. Woo! You started sweating. I've been no, don't give me, just give me the lowest numbers you got. I'm out of here. All <laughs> these food numbers. and uh, again, save his painkillers. Can you give me that in ones? <laughs> this time, cutting a hole in the mattress and stuffing them in there. Mm. Sorry, I got distracted. Misery. That's cool. Yeah, I wanted to tell that story. It's a good story. It's a good, damn good story. The next day, Andy cool ass. gets cool Paul ass. a wheelchair and an electric razor. Where'd she get this wheelchair? Paul's like, The hospital wow. where she got the drugs from. I just thought maybe she had a wheelchair, but that didn't—that wasn't weird to me at all. But the idea that the general store dude doesn't think that her buying this men's razor is weird when the sheriff comes and asks him if she's bought any weird stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's not maybe she's crack. maybe. Well, you can shave your legs with those though. You can. That's maybe a good she's point, buying though. it for some man. That's a good point. <laughs> All right, like, like, how many looks take to get in the middle of a tits? I mean, you just never know. Presumably, if you're the general store owner, she's buying more food than she normally does. She's buying, you know, like mm -hmm. everything is slightly different. <laughs> well, that's true. But maybe he also has a teenager that works for him part time that's only a razor. makes the shit up. Just to make sure it makes sense to so her brain, like, she'll be like, well, there's a teenager. His, so name, is, is his name is Ted. Well, we didn't want to pay an extra 40 bucks for some kid to have a cameo in this movie. <laughs> 40 bucks. That's how much it would cost. I don't know what I mean, the it was. It was 1990 if you make... A hundred bucks a to say speaking cameo. Yeah, just some to just show street, some dude forty bucks is all you get. <laughs> to show some kid putting cereal on a shelf. Actually, you know what? If you'd be like, hey, you want to be in this movie? You're gonna walk around. It's called extra work. They have to pay you forty bucks. <laughs> I so, guess it depends on how long it took him to get the seat. <laughs> so she gives Paul his wheelchair and electric razor, and he's like, "Wow, <laughs> some surprise." But then he goes, no, no, I got you something else. She brings See, I'm surprised What's... she was tired of shaving his face. Let's be real here. Yeah, it seems like something she enjoys. <laughs> well, she's into him. Like, yeah, she's so I'm surprised she got him an electric him razor. Like after he, because clearly... Him, he was going to keep his ding-dong. Clearly, yeah. she wanted to... Like, it's contact. It also is more opportunities for attention. I'm surprised that this was even in there. But she's also... I don't want to diagnose her, but she's also has some sort of manic attacks mm -hmm. that she's not completely in control of. So maybe she's like, I want to keep this man. I want him to be here. And if I have one of my crazy things, I might cut his fucking throat they and also, he'll die. And then I'm not in the office. I also would like everybody to take was... a moment and realize how good of an actor is James Caan because he's, he's a good actor acting like a bad actor. In this, because you know when he's oh, like, yeah, "Oh, yeah, I yeah. love it." Yeah. It's bad acting. I always like, love that in shows when people do. Like that. It's, it's like when DiCaprio was um, being Rick Dalton. Yeah, and he was being a bad actor. Yeah, I don't think that he's being he's being a bad act. He's having tr trouble controlling his emotions. I think he's just acting like a normal person would, not acting like a bad actor. Well, he was I think bad he's just, acting that he was. But okay I don't think it's him. bad acting. I think he's just acting how someone would react. Can you just let me give the man a compliment? May he rest in peace. <laughs> but I do think he did a very good. He job did an excellent job, but I think he's just reacting how a normal I mean, person would react. I mean, you watch Elf and you're like, "Wow, this is range." <laughs> How can you ever top this? And like, and you see this, you're like, whoa! There's no range in Elf. There's a little range. You got candy. He was mad. <laughs> and then he was mad. And then he was more mad. <laughs> and then he got happy. 
<laughs> and then at the end, he was not mad. <laughs> At the end, they made him sing. There was disbelief. No, no, no. <laughs> At certain points, there was confusion and disbelief. The range, the gamut. Um, I mean, how he didn't get an Oscar for Elf? <laughs> but there did say Stop. in the trivia, I can't remember who it was, but somebody who was when they were writing the script said, "Imagine me, an intelligent person," and they went over all the different ways this person could try to escape, and then they kind of, and then they wrote it to shut all those down so that yeah. he would not have these avenues to escape. So maybe this was one of the things. Also, like, his legs are destroyed. But like, we don't know how much pain he's in. We don't know how well these painkillers work. He's not taking them. But maybe this yeah, was one of the things anymore. that they're like, well, they maybe this was one of the things. Like when they were trying to take away the avenues of escape, they're like, well, you need to get rid of that razor because if he's getting better and getting stronger, he could maybe take her away, take it away from her. Yeah, but then if she true. gives him a, an electric razor... So, and he is getting better. Like, yeah. so like his sure. arm is getting better. And even though his legs are destroyed, he's still getting better. Yeah, they do heal. He is healing. Yeah. So, and he's conscious more and he's, his mental function is better. And she's a nurse. So she's aware of how well he's healing. So it might just be That's removing the temptation. Yes, because he could hurt her with a straight razor, but he can't cut her throat with an electric oh, razor. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little nick. Takes a long time. <laughs> so Annie brings in his, his, his bachelor party. His, <laughs> finds his friend. What are you doing? I'm trying to slip my wrist with an electric razor. <laughs> Annie brings him in his, his real surprise, a table and a typewriter, so he can write Misery's Return. He owes her for saving his life. Paul says he doesn't really want to work this way. And she sets, it, uh, sets him up, and she drop, while she's setting him up, she drops a hairpin. Uh... She also got him a bunch of paper and got a, a deal on the typewriter because the ends don't work. And, and uh, what does that say? Oh, and Annie says, it's missing a letter from my favorite writer's name. And Paul says, well, it's missing two letters from my favorite nurse's name. Oh. He's playing. I could not write on a typewriter that didn't have an end. <laughs> like, we see him writing later, and you can see that he's just not right. He's leaving he's it blank. He's just typing. Like, yes. I thought he was still just, he's just doing he's just the end. He just wasn't showing up. Uh-huh. Right. That yeah. would drive me crazy. Like, it would just say, you know, it was a, yeah. a dark and dreary night. <laughs> it just but, depends on how he writes. Yeah. Because some people kind of write, like, in a fever dream. And yeah. they wouldn't even notice. <laughs> well, he's just he's just writing as if it's there. And a lot but, of people aren't even really paying attention. They're just typing. Yeah, all you do is just lightly touch it. And, yeah. You know, but it doesn't matter. When I, like, I don't write. Really, any? I mean, I've tried to a couple times, but it never comes to anything. Um, but e- if I'm like writing an email, I read it back like six or seven times. If I was writing really? a novel, oh yeah, I fire up emails all day long. Gotta, and I barely ever read them. If you're a writer, I have really bad spam. I have really bad spelling. But like, <laughs> I would be rereading the pages constantly uh, as you I'm writing. Never finish. To, <laughs> yes. That's why I I stopped trying that's to write. A big, a book. That's a big problem with writers, actually. It's yeah. why I. That's it, why you don't do that. And like they tell you, get that draft done. Especially then, edit. especially dialogue. I I will yeah, read it over and over. You have a. Yeah. You just got to get it get it out. Like. Yes, and I, I understand, me. but that's not my process. So this with no ends, reading it back would just drive me insane. Well, in my business, we do a lot of writing. It doesn't bother me. At I, all. But I write music. Mm-hmm. And I see the, I see the song in my head, and I just put it out there. 
I just write it. Because if I'm typing, if I'm reading what I type, it distracts me. (laughs) I have to just keep going, and I can't read it till I'm done. Like (laughs) you have a door. Some lady passed out at work, and I had to fill out the accident report online, and it took me so long because I kept rewriting what happened to put the to put the detail in because you know you're supposed to put as much detail in as possible so you can be as they have all the information that they possibly can cole's procedures right now (laughs) well if you don't later people get hurt in shopping in sent in stores like that i don't generally say what store i work in thanks for that um walmart but people who have accidents in retail establishments generally try to sue later so the more information you can give about what happened, the circumstances, where they're at, all this stuff, the better. Don't these retail giants have cameras? Yes, but that does not stop people from trying to sue you. And the was... cameras do not cover every spot in the store. Because I saw this thing where this lady was trying to sue one of these retail giants. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use the name. And evidently, they see her, like, she looks around and then falls over. Wow. Yes. But <laughs> and she tried to sue them, and they're like, yeah, we're not paying you. Like, you will sue me. She gets actor. <laughs> they're like, well, by the way, we have you on video. But she was like, but that after, make, after going to the news and everything, and it's like, yeah, we have video. We're about to release it. <laughs> but people, but just because they think you might have video does not generally stop people, the type of people that are going to to or try to get some they're kind shoot of their shot they're gonna try to a lot of times people will try to get some kind of monetary thing for being like, injured in a store 10 million dollars so you have to write grand. as much detail as you can but it took me like an hour because yeah. i kept rewriting things and adding change and adding detail and then i had to redo sentence structure and my grammar and spelling is not great so it takes me a long Don't time Don't you use like spell yes spell? even still my grammar <laughs> and spelling is not correct is not great so Paul is leaning into An- Annie's fantasy a little bit at this point, wait, apparently waiting for a moment to escape. Uh, there's or escape, as they say. There's mm-hmm. only one little problem. The paper is wrong. That is legs don't work. smudges. She bought the most expensive kind. So when you go back to town, maybe you can pick me up a different kind. So friends, listen, most expensive does not mean best. He's and like, he, I just want plain typing paper. And he shows her. He types. <laughs> he he's her. like, come, I'll show you. And he types the word smudge, and then he smudges it with a finger, and then she smudges it with her finger. And then she flies off the handle again, and then yeah. she slams the paper down into his lap. Says, "If do you need anything else, maybe I'll just buy you the whole store." Paul watches her peel out in her little Jeep Cherokee. He grabs the hairpin, picks the lock. He says it works in the stories. And then he wheels around the house a little bit. The front door's locked. The back door's locked. This is super weird. This and there are phone devils that fake. require a key from both sides, which I have seen when we cleaned houses. I have seen that. Oh, my <laughs> That's a real thing. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's weird. Yes, my legs are hairy. I didn't say anything. You had a fuzz coming from your pants. I fixed your pants. I actually had a regular customer that a couple times somebody came home while we were there and I had, or like a delivery came and I had to go get the key so I could unlock the deadbolt from the inside so I could get the package. <laughs> my sister used to run out of the house so my dad nailed all the windows shut and switched all the locks that way. So it was fun. So is if there was a, a fire, we told it. That is a true story. Yes. <laughs> we did have, we had dead bolts on both. Like there was no opening the doors. You had to have keys to get is in and out of the house. Okay, she's yeah. like a I mean, she's about as good as me. <laughs> 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 Moving on. 
I'm so, sorry, I didn't know that. Now I'm intrigued more about Tony's home no, life. Want, no, 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 not that time. Nobody no, wants no. to talk about that. It doesn't seem like it was super great, but at the same time, I'm very intrigued. Well, I'll tell you what? more off the podcast. <laughs> now it's not the time. He's we distracted want, me. We don't want to talk about it. Move on. We're All right, so he checks out the house. There's obviously nothing that he can get to. Ow! He can't get out. The, the phone's fake. He does take notice of a large knife, set of knives in the kitchen. Um... And he gets the right paper, and she starts to head back home. Uh, Paul has his legs, like, elevated in this wheelchair, and as he's moving, uh, she has a bunch of figurines on a table, she, and he knocks one of the penguin figurines over, but he catches it and puts it back, but it's facing the wrong way. He catches it as if it was going to shatter when it hit the floor, but it probably would have been fine because it was just a ceramic penguin, and it was only, like, a foot and a half off the hardwood floor. It probably would have been. I mean, it might have chipped, but it was probably going to be fine. He sees, puts it back facing toward the rest of the animals instead of in the same direction as the rest of the animals. He sees a shrine that she's made for him and mm-hmm. checks the closet, finds her supply of painkillers, and takes a handful of them. And that's quite a supply. She's obviously been stealing from the hospital. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm quite... Like, she tells him she's a nurse, but she doesn't work anymore. And it doesn't... Like, it's not something you realize right away, but then over time you're like... Doesn't she fucking have a job? Like old, she's not retirement age. So makes yeah, you wonder why isn't she going to work? Well, it makes yeah. you wonder. Maybe she's done this to other people. Definitely makes you wonder why she's not. But working. She's still got a lot of yeah. medicine. Yeah. <laughs> he drags himself back uh, to the back door. It's also locked. He's exhausted, laying on the floor. It's night. You know, he sees the kitchen knives. Like I said, and he drags himself back to his wheelchair and makes it back just in time. He relocks his door and goes back to the typewriter. When Annie Annie asks why Paul looks so disheveled, he says because he needs his pills. Yeah, he's like really sweating. He's super sweaty. He's in a lot of pain. He's suffering. Daddy needs his candy. And he gets but his he has pills. Stuffed <laughs> the pills he found down the front of his sweatpants. Yeah. And he realizes they're sticking out. So he she's gonna put him in bed first, and he's like, No, I need the pills first. Yeah. Please, please, can I have my pills? I just want my pain to go away. Because she'll see him when she puts him in that bed. So she goes to get him his pills. He stuffs them down his pants further, and then she puts him in the bed. As she's walking out, she blows him a kiss. He smiles and catches it. This is another thing. She does that thing that little kids do. She puts her whole mouth, or her hand. whole hand over her mouth. Yeah. And does that kiss. Like, that's like how little kids blow a kiss. Yeah. It's not a, it's a childlike blowing the kiss it's not like a sexual blowing of the kiss yeah. mm-hmm. which was another thing that made me think that like just reminded me of so many of her mannerisms are like a five or a six-year-old well kid. she's also not like you say you're just saying there she's also not sexual no it's she not. never tries to kiss him she doesn't like no. feel him up he doesn't he's not concerned that she's gonna find the pills or... stuffed down his pants yeah. no so it's she would she might find them when she was like Changing the sheets, he has stuff hidden in the bed. She might yeah. find stuff, but it's not because she's touching him inappropriately. Yeah. She's but not it, like that nurse in America went from London. <laughs> but it so, just sticks out the way that, that she recently. sticks out the way that she blows the kiss. So the sheriff's in the helicopter again. Uh, this time they spot the mis- the Mustang, um, and we can see next. It cuts to we see a recovery crew. Colorado police chief says <laughs> that Paul crawled out of the wreck and is presumed dead. This is. Is that how you would report that to the news? He cro- he's he's not his body is not in the car. So he got out, but nobody knows where nobody's seen or heard of him since 
and there was a blizzard, so he probably froze to death or was eaten by animals. Yeah. Either yeah. one is possible. That's he basically says, I'm he not said sure. He's probably froze news. to death, but we'll find him if the, when the first thaw hits if the animals haven't eaten him. <laughs> I was like, wow, dude. This isn't Hi, just, Mom. This just does not seem how you, I mean, even yeah. if that's that's what cops say to each other, that doesn't seem like yeah. that's what you say to the press. Full and full. then we get Buster over here who's like, that's not what happened. He's looking at the car door going, somebody pried that open. With crowbar. He... Did not get, he did not crawl out of here alone. There was Someone another person. So we know Paul, he left the hotel alone. Paul folds a small sheet of paper into like a makeshift envelope and starts emptying the pills into the, into there to save for later. At first I thought he had written like a help me note. And then I'm like, why is he writing a note? This is never going to help him. Yeah, who's going to, but, gonna, but that's not what he was doing. So we cut the ball. He's at his typewriter. He types fuck over and over and over. And then he's like, okay, whatever, I need to start doing this. So he starts typing for real now. And then Annie goes over the pages when he's done, and she says, this is crap. Throw it out. Rewrite it all. Then then she tells him the story about cliffhangers. There's this, this cliffhanger show she used to watch at the movie theaters, Rocket Man. And Rocket Man was stuck in a car and it went off the side. But then when they came back, Rocket Man got out of the car, and it was obviously they switched the how the story went. And she went crazy, and she's like, "I don't believe that. That's not how that happens." Everybody it's not else, fair. Was, he didn't get out of that car. She only wants believable stories, and that's what she wants. So she was, which this is so relatable. <laughs> there's a couple of things. This is she's well done as a crazy person because there's things that are very relatable, like how upset you would be if a longtime series killed off your favorite character. And or, then brought him back really crappy way. Or, like, well, like, just in general, when she found out Misery died yeah. in childbirth. But, like this, when you're reading something, and it ends a certain way, and then they, or you're watching TV, like the end of a series, like the end of a season of TV, mm-hmm. and then when they do the new season, they retcon it to make it fit the new narrative of this season. And you're like, that's not what happened. Yeah. That car went over the cliff we saw it go over the cliff. We saw him in the car when it went over the cliff. And now you're telling me he jumped out before it went over the cliff? That's, That's not... not it's, yeah. They do that a lot. And it's irritating. And I could... I mean, not to this level. But, <laughs> but it's funny because this is such a relatable thing that when you think about it, yes, it's very... Or like when they make a movie and then they decide they want to make a sequel so they have to retcon how the movie ended. Mm-hmm. And you're like... You I didn't even know. try to make that make sense with the first movie. You didn't get out what of the cock and duty car. She's yeah. like, look, you have to bring Aren't misery like, back sorry. to life, but you have to do it in a way that works with how you obviously, killed her off. Obviously, he's just writing shit. Yes. He's like, I'm just going to write a story for this. But he tells her, hat. you can't have Ian have got to the doctor because Ian fell off the horse. And you can't have... You, like she, she doesn't make a miraculous recovery. She was buried, buried at yeah. the end. So of the you book. have to start <laughs> with her in the ground. So now he thinks about it and he redoes it. And days pass. He writes new chapters. And he's over the moon with this new stuff. She loves it because she he's made it make sense. Which sounds interesting. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sad he didn't rewrite this book. <laughs> <laughs> will she be her old self when she wakes up, or will she have amnesia? He goes, "You'll have to wait." She starts dancing and singing. She's going to put on her Liberace records. She's so happy. Do you like Liberace, Paul? Does a cat got an ass? So Paul has her hooked now. I don't know now. that I've ever really listened to any Liberace. I don't know if I have either. But Paul has her hooked now. So he kind of has a little bit of control. He asks if uh, she would have dinner with him the night 
to celebrate Misery's return. Annie's stunned. Of course she will. Sheriff comes back. He has a <laughs> he has a bag filled with all of Paul Sheldon's books. His wife keeps uh, picking at him, saying that he's having an affair. And he says, "You see, it's that it's just that kind of sarcasm that's given our marriage real spice." The sheriff wants to know uh, what Paul is writing about. He thinks that by reading his books, he might learn something about Paul. Paul and Annie are dressed up at dinner. He's being a little flirty with her. And she made her special meatloaf with bits of Spam. Yummy. Her secret is she uses real tomatoes <laughs> and bits of Spam for extra spice. You won't get this in a restaurant in New York, he says. Or apparently in my house, because John refuses to put Spam <laughs> in his meatloaf. Them doobie fox. <laughs> Paul sets up a toast. Um, he pours a large uh, pour of wine into both of their glasses. And when... Uh, he tells her, we need to do this right, go grab a candle. She's like, oh, okay. So she goes to get a candle. While she's gone, he dumps all the painkiller stuff into her, his glass, swirls it, into her glass, swirls it around a little bit. Uh, she brings back the candle, lights it. They go to toast again, but she knocks the candle over because she, I guess, wasn't used to it being there. And then when she reaches for the candle, she knocks her glass over, spills all the wine. <laughs> Paul's face is amazing. He's just like, fuck. <laughs> I put a lot of work into yeah. that plan. <laughs> so time flies. Paul uh, writes chapter after chapter, and he's continued to love it. In between, we see Paul is routinely lifting his typewriter, it's pretty heavy, to rebuild his arm strength. Which is a good plan. Mm -hmm. Because it, she said it weighs like 30 pounds, so it would be a good weight. Yeah. Especially for like a recuperation thing. Yeah, for like overhead thrusters and bicep curls. One night it's pouring. Annie comes in super depressed looking. She gives Paul his pills and just starts to leave. And Paul says, well, what's going on? Annie says, the rain gives her the blues. This is something I wish they had shown more than once. She said because the she's... down moments? Yeah, like see a lot something of about the rain. Craziness, but... But, like, specifically that rain is a trigger. I think we I think we should have gotten to see... We could have had moments of her just, like, standing in the rain and Paul looks out the window and she's, yeah, like, something. sitting there. You're like, ugh. Yeah, I think there would have been... Could have played to Missy Elliott. Yeah. I mean, I maybe there's more about it in the, the book. It's just... You only have interesting. I think it would have been interesting if they had done played off beep, that beep. a little bit more. Who got the keys to the Jeep? She said, the rain gives me the blues. She's sad because she's in love with Paul, and she knows it won't go anywhere. You'll never know the fear of losing someone like you if you're someone like me. And Paul's like, why would you lose me? And he goes, well, because the book's almost done. Your legs are almost healed. She pulls out a re small revolver from her robe. She says, uh... Some, sometimes she thinks about using it, and then she leaves. He's thinking you should. He's like, shit. She goes, I Actually better, says shit? I better go before I put bullets in this. So Annie walks outside pretty terrifying. into the rain and drives off somewhere, and like she said, in her pajamas. Like, yeah, okay. she's in her pajamas with her gun with no bullets, and she just drives off in the rain. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? This is terrifying. So while she's gone, Paul goes to the kitchen and he grabs the Michael Myers knife. <laughs> Which she was going to know. She was going to notice yeah. this a Hundo P. Hundo P? But he has Hundo to, P. He has to do something. I'll never stop saying Hundo P. He has to do something, though. I will, 100, I will Hundo P always say Hundo P Get instead that. of 100% from now on. Get that BDE Hundo P. Well, you don't have to have a BDE to be able to say Hundo P, though. But you have to have a J-O-B if you want to get with me. <laughs> but either way... Uh, Did you hear that, Carly? 
I mean, I do. <laughs> but now the the stakes are raised because before she was just kind of a what do you want to say a big woman. Now she has a fucking gun. Well, and so, also she oh, hasn't really. She's had a couple of freakouts. Go go what? She had a couple of freakouts where she unintentionally hurt him. Yeah. Like when she was pounding on the bed yeah. or when she threw the paper in his lap. But she hasn't, like, tried to hurt him hurt yet. Him. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, this is more like, I have a gun, and this is, like, he's starting to really not gonna get out of here fear for his life. The sheriff continues to read Paul's books, <laughs> and he finds a line that he likes a lot and writes it down and sticks with him. What's the line? I don't remember. Something about, only God can judge me, basically. Yeah. I will not be judged by man. There is a higher power, power that... Only he can judge me or yeah. something. I will only be judged by him. There you go. Which I was like... The sheriff writes that down. Like it sticks out in his mind. And it's a great line like from a book. This is the kind of thing that would be memorable. But it's he writes it down like that it triggers some kind of memory. I assumed. But they didn't really foreshadow that part well. Well, the way they... Sh- the way I think that you should have done it is he should have had some involvement with what is going on with her. And he's like, I remember that from something. Yes. But it's not like that. It's just more of this. I like this line and it happens to line up with it, which is a little thin. I feel like she lives in a small town and she was she, born in a small town. She's just a small town girl. In a small town. That's good she's, enough. She's for just me. a small town girl. Um, Living in a lonely world. But all her friends are a small town. You got to think. I trained alone. The. Then when she was on trial, you got to think that that was big news and that her name might have been familiar to the sheriff when she moved to this town. Like the news articles from that are in their local library. Yeah. So... It was in Colorado, It was in... Yeah, it's (laughs) presumably it happened in Colorado. Yeah. And she moved up there to the sticks maybe to get away from the notoriety maybe of it. Because they won't let her go back to work. Clearly. Right? Also, the dragon lady's a dumb name for an angel of death type character. Just saying. (laughs) Um, But. Well, Dr. Kevorkian was already taken. So, like, we see him late after this, he reads the news articles. But if somebody went missing and I knew that the dragon lady, who may or may not have killed a bunch of babies, lives in the neighborhood, that's the first place I'm looking. (laughs) I'm sorry, stereotype, you know, like, the no, the. The possible murderer is the first place I'm looking for a missing person. Yeah. Well, Paul finds Annie's scrapbook. When he looks at it, it's not family and friends. It's so a collection a of, of her murders. All the murders she's committed. She's basically a serial killer. She's killed more people than cancer. Her husband, her dad, people at the hospital, lots of babies. Her mother, her father. She apparently was eventually arrested, somehow got off, I guess. Yeah, I guess there wasn't enough They proof. don't get into it. Paul lays in the bed. He's practically pulling. He's practicing pulling the knife from his arm sling. It's pretty funny. Uh, and he finally returns. Uh, he sees her shadow under the door, and he's waiting for her because he's gonna stab her. But well, because he she, thinks she's gonna come back with bullets in those gun in that gun. And but she just goes to bed. He hears the newlywed game or something come on TV in her room. It's a game game. So Paul sticks his knife under his mattress. He plans on killing her in the morning. Uh, but he wakes in the middle of the night to see Annie, like right in his face. 
she immediately ejects him in the arm with something and leaves. I would hit, like she startles him more than once in this, but I would scream bloody murder if I woke up and you were standing over me. You did. Not when you get stabbed. <laughs> yeah, and I did you scream, did scream bloody, bloody murder, murder when she woke up when he woke up and she was standing over him. You weren't even there. So Paul wakes up in the AM. He's strapped to the bed now with belts and ropes. And she says, I know uh, you've been out of your room. I saw the ceramic penguin. He reaches for his knife. She he goes, he was, are you he, looking for this? He always faces south or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, is that because he's longing for the Arctic? <laughs> is he not Muslim? Antarctic? Oh. Mm-hmm. I see. That's he, he reaches for the knife, but she has it. She also has his hairpin. She said, I wondered how you were getting out of your room. Found your I found key. your key. And he says, I know what you need. What you need is more time to work on your book. Whoa. Hey. Um, and I know how you can get it. So she places a block of wood between his ankles. She takes a sledgehammer and smashes each of them one at a time. She tells him the story about how they hobbled miners so that they couldn't run away. Mm-hmm. So Paul screams in agony until he passes out. Like you do. The sheriff is in his office. Uh, when he sees Annie get into uh, some kind of argument with a anger, uh, another driver, something sparks in his memory. She calls him a, uh, like she's swearing at him like she does, calling him a cockadoodle or something weird like Whoa, that. Well, watch your mouth. But, and it seems to spark a thing. Which makes me wonder if this is how Misery swears in the books. Mm. Because it's all... Crackers. Because it's none of it's... And like she... Like when she made that big deal about his new book having all that swearing. And people don't talk like like that. So I just wonder if he's using old timey... Let me make some air quotes. Old timey swears in his Misery books. West timey. And that's how she swears. So maybe that's what jogged his memory. But they don't... Like I... In my head, I'm wondering if that is the plot hole sewn up, but There's they don't a, uh, tell you anything. So There was a receiver at uh, one of the stores that I serviced, mm-hmm. and uh, she wouldn't use cuss words, and she mm-hmm. wouldn't let you use cuss words. If you used a cuss word, she would kick you out. And we it was funny because at the time we had a wine called Fat Bastard, mm-hmm. and she considered bastard a cuss word, so she wouldn't let you say that. She'd go, and I have this, and I have that, and I have Fat Bastard. She goes, you just have to say fat. I know what it is. Like, okay, calm down. You can say fat B if you must. But understand that I went to her house and see I'm James used to Tom just saying the title of the wine, so I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm probably gonna slip up sometimes. Yeah. it's the title of the wine. Yeah, she would get very upset if he said bastard. Either way, sheriff goes to his office, sees Annie get to an argument. Uh, something sparks in his memory, so he runs over to his wife at his at his desk, starts digging through papers. There's papers everywhere. And she says, what are you looking for? He goes, the thing. And she goes, well, what is that? It's the thing. I found it. Here it is. And she said, well, I'm glad you found it. And he goes, see, that's that spice again. Sheriff looks at the town's newspaper archives and finds it, all this Annie Wilkes stuff, and she finds that he, finds out that she quoted at her trial, quoted that line that... He liked from Paul's book. And he's like, oh shit. There's a word for that. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he connected some dots. So Annie comes home. Uh, uh, Paul's in his wheelchair looking out the window at her. And she says, hi, pumpkin. And he flicks her off. She goes, you're such a kidder. The sheriff and goes, she's playing with the pig. 
Mm-hmm. Sheriff goes to the store and talks to the owner about Annie. Did she has she bought anything in here lately? You know, da da da. You know, she bought all the books of Paul Sheldon as soon as she can. Lately, she also bought a bunch of paper. And he's like, newspaper? She goes like, no, the writing kind. If you think that's weird, he's like, no, that's not weird at all. Yeah. Then he and then acts very weird and leaves. Yeah, he does. That's all he needs to hear. He's not acting suspicious at all. He drives to Annie's. Paul sees the sheriff coming. He's kind of excited, but then Annie runs in, grabs him, and injects him. Drug and drags, uh, knocks him out with it, and drags him into the basement. It's got to be one of those things like they give you like uh, mental patients that are having mm. some kind of breakdown, or like, or what you give to like, mm. an, like an anti seizure med, a maybe. Sedative of yeah, some super sort. strong sedative. Yeah. Fast acting. She takes <laughs> him down into the Fast basement. Fast acting. Yeah. That's for athletes, but. Oh well, shit. Well, the sheriff talks to Annie and says, uh, can you tell me anything about Paul Sheldon? And she rattles off, like, his whole biography. She's like, well, he was born on little, 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 and <laughs> his parents' names. And his parents' names are using this. And... She's like, okay, no, no, no. <laughs> and then she invites him in. Actually, he's like, this is the information I need. But he doesn't ask her for any more information once he's in the house. She invites him in, and he says, God told her that she's going to be Paul Sheldon's replacement. Yeah, she was very upset about his accident. So she started writing. So she shows him the office and stuff. And I was like, that's actually a pretty good yeah (laughs) well it's a good story but she doesn't sound not crazy oh no she definitely sounds crazy she sounds like a total coop sound like she had anything to do with it it sounds like i heard about the accident it was devastating for me well she and and i'm an obsessive fan so now now i'm trying to write the next book well because she probably figures he's a sheriff he probably knows who i am I'm not going to convince him that I'm not fucking crazy. He knows I did this stuff, or at least I'm accused of it. So I'll just switch this crazy for that crazy. It's, it's funny, because she still sounds like a kook. Yeah. So she offers to get him some hot cocoa. What was in that cocoa? I don't... I, something. Something was in that cocoa. Yeah. He checks around, walks around her whole house, checking the place out. Um, he doesn't find anything, uh, so he goes to leave. And as soon as he gets to the bottom of the steps, Paul wakes up. Conveniently, she didn't give him enough of that sedative. Yeah. And he yeah. and that grill that she lit his book up in, or they lit his book up in, is up next to him, and he knocks it over, and uh, that's enough for the sheriff to hear. And he's like, "Oh shit!" So he runs back in, and he's yelling for Annie. You know, are you okay? Everything's okay. Then he hears Paul scream, and then he's like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. So Paul knocks over the barbecue, and the sheriff who's on the front porch hears it. So he goes right back in the house, and he's looking for Annie, and she's not anywhere to be seen. Yeah, yeah. he's worried and that something happened. Really, to her. she should have knocked over up. a chair. Yeah. and been like, "Oh, I just tripped." Yeah. Well, but Paul starts. But screaming. Paul then, starts. Paul's I'm down here. I'm down yeah. here. And then the sheriff sees the secret door to the basement. Yeah. Which is you can't really tell because it's covered in wallpaper. Yeah, blends yeah, in with the wall. Totally. <laughs> That I've seen before. So he pushes on it, it pops open, and he sees him at the bottom bottom of the the stairs. stairs. (laughs) And then he's like, Paul, are you okay? And then bam, she blows a fucking hole in it. And he laid in Carly Ball screams. That is the truth. Blows a freaking hole in this man. And he falls down the stairs. First of all, I saw this ice cream too, but I was 10. (laughs) All right. (laughs) <laughs> he falls down the stairs, and then they pretend as if his body, his dead body, is not on the it's stairs. It's not there yeah. anymore. We never go back to the body on the stairs. What happened to it? Did she move it off the stairs? Did she just roll it into the basement so now there's a stinking corpse down there? What like happened to the poor sheriff? on top. Uh- <laughs> I know. And then, continue on. Well, so Annie comes down, and she says, look, Paul, 
this has been a great time and stuff, but this is over now, and we need to die. And she has a uh, syringe and a gun. She's like, I got two bullets in here. This is over now. And he goes, well, no, no, no. I, he goes, I love you, and I know that we're supposed to be together. And she goes, that's And he's like, that's I great. also know that we have to die. But, but I have to finish the book. We have to finish the book. We have We're so to close. leave behind the book. <laughs> and then she's like, it's too late. Other people will come. And he's like, I'm almost done. I can do it tonight. So then she says, okay. And she puts his wheelchair at the top of the stairs and walks away. So he's got to pull himself up the stairs past the sheriff's corpse. Or over it. They never go back to the sheriff's corpse. It really bothers me. Because <laughs> they could have just had it land next to Paul at the bottom. They could have. Yeah. But whatever. But he had to climb over a corpse. How? Ab- they should have shown that. That would have been horrific. That would have been bad. But before he climbs up to the, his wheelchair over the sheriff. It's because uh, it's a Rob Reiner film. He stuffs that bottle of fire starter. Fire, lighter fluid. Like, lighter fluid into his back of his pants. And it just is there. <laughs> He's in sweatpants. <laughs> That's a pretty big bottle. This isn't like the new, <laughs> this isn't like nowadays lighter fluid where it's like the like a bottle of Dawn. This is like no, this old metal, old it's metal. A metal can. <laughs> <laughs> it's like six inches high and four inches wide. And it, and it didn't have a childproof thing on it. Nothing. Yeah. You just uh, push a button and it was time to fire. Yeah. It's not what I thought he was going to do. With you know what's funny is we all live. I thought he was going to like spray yeah. it at her. Yeah, how many, how many child deaths were yeah. because of that lock? I did think I'm going to go with maybe one, and that fucker needed to go one. anyway. <laughs> I really couldn't. It's funny because there was a lot of times I thought I knew it was going to happen, and it was never what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, it was funny watching this movie from your point of view because you were looking at it like, ooh, and I'm like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Knowing nothing's going to happen? <laughs> she had ideas. Well, that's what happens when you absorb a movie. You've never seen it, but you've absorbed part of it through cultural things. I've probably other people talking. No, I've never (laughs) seen. I've never seen any of this before. Doesn't mean it wasn't on when you're in the room. (laughs) No, because generally, if you've put something on while I'm in the room, I remember parts of it because I tend to look up now and again. She's like, I've never seen. I've heard this, but I've never seen it. (laughs) But I've never seen any part of this. Once back upstairs. Paul works and works his ass off and starts to finish the book. And he says she's so excited. And she just can't hide it? And she asks about the ending. Paul says, well, I'm almost done. Does she lose control? She thinks she likes him? She wants a hint. Does does she end up with Ian or Winthorpe or whatever it was? I don't think that's quite right. Winthorpe is from Training Places. (laughs) (laughs) I'll allow it. He says he'll know soon because he's almost done. And then he knows. And then he says, I'll need three things. And she goes, well, what's that? He goes, you don't know? And she goes, oh, I'm just full, and I know what they are. A cigarette, a match, and a bottle of, what did she say, Dom Pongyong or something? <laughs> it's Dom Perignon, but she says yeah. it wrong. She says it Obviously, like she's never, an phonetic American like, who's yeah, never, never seen it. or something. Yeah. She calls it a treacherbutt. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. She doesn't know that it's trebuchet. I think it's Perignon. <laughs> yeah. But she calls it a trechabut because she's never heard the word trebuchet out loud. Yeah. <laughs> so Paul types more and more, and then he calls for Annie. Uh, she comes in, and he goes, get the champagne, because he's almost done. Annie grabs her, all the pistol, her pistol, as well as the champagne, the match, and all that stuff. And she goes, did I do good? And he said, you did perfect. And she smiles. He goes, but I need one more thing. And then she, her face gets dour. He goes, we're going to need two glasses. And she gets all excited and runs out of the room. Drei Gläser. And when she, as soon as she leaves the room, 
Paul Does he use the German three? No, the American No. He's mm, <laughs> the American too. <laughs> he puts the chapters on the ground, puts lighter fluid on them, and gets ready with the match. And this is what I was not expecting. He looks like he's going to burn his book. And I'm like, that is not what I thought your big lighter fluid plan was. <laughs> I thought you were going to squirt her and light her on fire. Because you got the match and you got the lighter fluid. <laughs> Clearly, light her on fire. That is not what happened. Paul says, do you want it? Power it up! And she says, Power it up! Yeah. She says, what are you doing? And he goes, did... He goes, didn't you ever wonder the secret of Misery's father is? I'd say that at the end of the book. And also, you find out who he, she ends up with and blah, blah, blah. And then he says, now you're not going to know. He throws the match on the on the chapter. I learned it from you. Bursts in fire. And, uh, and he goes, no. And, and she goes to put the fire out. She goes, Misery! Down on her knees. And she's trying to put the fire out. And then Paul he picks up the typewriter and bashes her on the head. Yep. And she catches fire. But that, fire, like, barely of. stops her. Like, her <laughs> arm catches fire. But, yeah, I feel like a 30-pound typewriter to the dome would really knock a person out more than it did for her. But maybe I just don't know. Maybe it, was a, it wasn't a sound shot. Maybe he grazed her. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that, he hits her in the head. She goes down. Her arm catches on fire. She pats it out, jumps on Paul. They start trying to strangle each other. Paul goes for her eyes. Um, I was upset. Then he straights up Star Trek The Next Generation. Palm strikes her right in the face. She falls on her back. She pulls her gun and shoots him in the shoulder. Paul gets up from the chair and tackles her to the ground and then shoves the burned pages into her mouth. Does she want this? Eat it, eat it. Eat it and choke on the you, you sick, twisted fucker. <laughs> Which is probably double bad because he's cussing. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, yeah. She, he didn't even say duty. So she spits down and goes, language! <laughs> so Annie tries to run by him. Paul grabs his leg and trips her with it. And she hits her head on the typewriter. And it, this looks like it kills her. It's a very pet dummy. Yeah. Mannequin. Very obvious. Yeah. Paul starts to crawl away, but Annie's still alive, jumps on him. Uh, Paul sees the metallic doorstop, grabs it, and smashes her in the face. I think this doorstop should have been shown a little bit more because it kind of, to me it kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, you should have shown it a couple of times. Should have been a little penguin or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And smashes her, and apparently she dies this time. So we cut to 18 months later. Yeah, he would have hit, hit her a few more times after that. Yeah. yeah. Paul's Just walking. Just in cases. Yeah, all, all kinds of it. Paul's walking, and I kept that door. <laughs> Stop it. He also should have grabbed the pistol. Yeah. Because just because she said there were only two bullets in there, she was a crazy person. I'm not taking her word for nothing. No, but you stay over with her with the pig, and if she moves, you hit her. When the sheriff shows up, why is her face completely gone? Oh, I was just checking. I shot her, I shot her four times. I smashed her head in with a thing. I injected her with air. I want this bitch dead. I burned her. She reminds me a lot of Rasputin, and they really made sure with him. So I Cut her face off, typed another chapter up. She's dead. But anyway... 18 months later, Paul's walking with a cane. Uh, he and his agent have dinner. Uh, his writing career is apparently taking off big time now. Paul says, as sick as it sounds, he owes a lot of this new clarity to Annie. Mm -hmm. The agent says, how about a nonfiction account of what happened? It would be a good book. And then all of a sudden, he's talking to her, and Annie walks out with their food, with some food on a cart. And once she's close, he can see it's just like a hallucination. It's not really her. 
there's another waitress. And like, she, I know she's gone, but sometimes I still think about her. The waitress walks up and she apologizes. She goes, I don't usually do this, but it, are, are you Paul Sheldon? He's like, yeah. He goes, you're my number one fan. I'm your number one fan. Mm-hmm. And like, smiles and then great. fades away. <laughs> and that's the end. And in his mind, he got really scared. Yeah. Hmm. What did you think? John. Hey, I get to go first. Um, my favorite character is Paul. Mm-hmm. The least favorite character is Annie because she's crazy. With a capital C, capital R, capital A, capital Z, little one. Mm. Weird, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite scene is when the sheriff and his wife are driving and she puts her hand on his leg and he goes, while we're here in this car, I'm the sheriff. She says, I'd rather be at home under the covers with the sheriff. He said, and you're my deputy. That's yeah, whatever. <laughs> It's my favorite scene. Don't fuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite line is, you dirty little birdie. <laughs> and it's because Leonardo DiCaprio says it in Wolf of Wall Street. You dirty little birdie. Nice. And my favorite tertiary object is when they're eating dinner together, you look at the table and it's up on books. My favorite I was seeing thing. that too. <laughs> <laughs> Half of it's on books and the other one's actually on that weird cookie tin yeah. thing. <laughs> so my favorite tertiary object is the books on the t- under the table. <laughs> I guess they had to because his wheelchair yeah. Yeah. Made, it, made it. And then there's no mention of it. It's just there. Yeah. I love little things that they don't ever mention. It. It's just there. And uh, I'll give it a yay. I, um, I don't watch this movie a lot, but I don't regret watching it. And I'll probably watch it again in 10 years. It's a slow slog. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad movie. Um, once you know what happens, it does take something away from yeah. it. Like, they seem to enjoy it more than I did. Yeah. But I know what happens. Carly? Alright, well, my favorite character is Paul. Mm-hmm. My least favorite character, also Annie. My favorite line is when I didn't write it down correctly, but when he says, You want it, eat it. Japanese? Eat it and it's choke the, on it. It's in the quotes, <laughs> and it says, You want it, you want it, eat it. Eat it till you choke, you sick, twisted fuck. <laughs> That's a good one. I just, there was, that was my backup. Going along with the visual of him stuffing the yeah. burned pages yeah. in her mouth. <laughs> There was just something about that. Um, my favorite scene was the sheriff's death because it completely shocked me. <laughs> it did. Um, and my favorite tertiary object was the sheriff's wife because I thought she was delightful. <laughs> and I'll give it a yay. I'm not going to want to watch this movie like every year or anything, but I'd watch it again. And I wouldn't complain if Tony were watching it. So. Link? Uh, my favorite character is Buster. The policeman, just because he was Matthew Cuthbert in Anne of Green Gables. It's <laughs> the only reason. Well, I mean, he and he was pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um, my least favorite character is Annie. I actually don't really have a least favorite character. All of them were doing what they needed to do, and they yeah. were all enjoyable to watch. Yeah, she was great as a bad but, guy. <laughs> like, she was great, so... Yeah, there really weren't any I feel like characters. I have to pick her because she's the bad guy. Right. But I don't... Like Kathy she had it, did a great job. It was a really interesting <laughs> character. So I kind of don't have a least favorite, but um, my favorite scene is the first time he gets out of his room because he keeps like he's opening doors and looking at things. And I kept expecting something horrifying mm-hmm. and nothing did. <laughs> and I think that it was like well shot. Like there was tension there that didn't need to be there. And it was interesting. So I like that. 
Uh, my favorite tertiary object is Kevin from the Love Connection because <laughs> that, that the had a look. with the mullet Woo! and like Joe Dirt and the pedo stash. Yeah, <laughs> it was just really funny because you know that that's an actual episode of the Love Connection that they used like archive footage, and some girl had to go on a date with that dude. <laughs> and that guy so, thought he looked good. He's like, yeah, he did. She's picking me. I guarantee it. Uh, my favorite line is see. It's that kind of sarcasm that gives our marriage real spice. Damn it. Mm. It's my favorite. I love it. It's just so good. Um, I, I had a backup, too, uh, in case somebody took that. And um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. It wasn't... I expected there to be more torture, it to be more uncomfortable if they did it nowadays it probably would be it like probably a, a grindhouse movie or something but yeah. back then you could be subtle. so it was <laughs> it was subtle and interesting yeah. and i would watch it again i'm never ever going to watch her hit his feet with that sledgehammer though i will close <laughs> my eyes every time yeah. but i would happily watch this again it was a good movie my favorite character is paul and the sheriff and his wife so all of the characters? Well, yeah. I like Paul a lot. There's like four characters in this. The, you sheriff, three the, of them. the sheriff and his wife, I wanted more of them. They're like a duo, yeah. At least favorite characters, obviously. Yeah, and she was beautiful. Yeah. I did Lyon just see that. Was, uh, <laughs> oh, so when you get it later, I'll send it again. <laughs> I opened, I looked at my phone, and there's a text message from John that has music notes that says there was a Barbara and his wife. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My favorite scene is when Paul gets out and he's looking around. He's trying to figure out what he's going to do. He looks at the knives and different stuff. I thought that was mm-hmm. really cool. My favorite tertiary object is the typewriter. Obviously, I'll get it. But I'm glad, we, I'm glad we got to do this. I'm glad that you guys watched it and it didn't, not only didn't scar you, but you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that James Conn died because he's a good actor. He's a great actor. So that was that. My backup you know, line. Sometimes people just, you know, get just slip away. Slip away. Slip away. <laughs> My other favorite. Slipped away. He was an elf. Uh, It's when he buys the books and his wife says that. Are you asking him if he's having an affair? And he says, "Virginia, I'm flattered. You think I have that much energy?" (laughs) Which made me laugh. Carly. All right. Well, please find us on facebookcom slash podcast or you can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And then tune in next week. On the podcast. Oh, sorry. My bad. Carly's pick. <laughs> For Thanksgiving. <laughs> you heard it at the beginning of this episode. I'm going to do the family stone. <laughs> what is that available on anything? Oh, I don't know. I didn't check. Yeah, let's, let's not check. You. Okay, so he always complains, but his last pick was not available anywhere and we had to rent. Mm-hmm. Really, what movie was that? The Craft. And one of the best part of that? It was free. Oh, it was free on Tubi. No, it wasn't Tubi. It was something else. We had to download. We had to download an app to some weird. And it was still free. We paid for it, and we had to pay for your movie too. The Never Ending Story. We had to pay for. No, was it the Never Ending Story? Never Ending Story was free on HBO. Yeah, that was on HBO. Yeah, we didn't pay for that. But we had to. There was a day recently where we had to pay for both movies. (laughs) Like I don't look. I don't care that much about it. It's usually like two or three dollars. Yeah, it's It's not that big deal. Elaine's trying to call me out, and and I'm like, all right, well, let's call your bluff. This one apparently is on. What else you got? Oh, we don't get stars. We don't need it. No. No. Who gets stars? You know what? I was wondering about those, like, stars and epics. I'm like, who actually has that? Sci-fi or... I feel like lots of people who have actual cable still get, like, stars. Uh, because maybe. the package is cheaper than the HBO Cinemax And you get package. the same movies because you get them a different month. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
See, they don't have that original programming. Like for a while, Showtime was doing good. A song. Oh, are we, are we still, are we still, still recording? Yeah, oh, yes, we are. Uh, we we seem to have stopped mentally. <laughs> Without stopping. And this was a physically. really, really long Tony episode. <laughs> well, we had a lot of stories. Yeah, that was that gambling story. That took five minutes. <laughs> well, we had a lot of banter. Banter is good. Is it? Tangents are fun. I, you know, what's, what's funny is I won't know until I listen to this back. Sometimes it's good banter. Sometimes it's like, all right, shut up. Well, walk. you didn't really talk very much for some reason. I guess because you got drunk and then didn't have any. I did not get drunk. That was a joke. I'm very funny. You're, yeah, you're <laughs> hilarious. I am. See, I'm, I'm very, very funny. funny. You sound like Worf one in Star Trek. I'm very funny. So we're going to give up on the song? There you go. No, oh. he's getting it. Give him a minute. Let's get my Liberace records out, John. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you've never heard this song before. I'd heard it, but not know Maybe. it was Liberace. I didn't know it was Liberace either. I mean, I want. What's funny about songs from Mac? Is everybody did the same song. Yeah. <laughs> like when you hear Mac the Knife, Seriously. like everybody did Mac the Knife. Yeah, probably eighty people that sang this song. Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, yeah, yeah, everybody. At least at one point. But it's not like they they just like sampled it. No, they took the exact song. Yeah, did the exact same arrangement. Same some everything. people were paid for their their voice as opposed to their you know. Some people are, you know, I write songs and I sing them. Some people are like, no, I'm a professional singer. I'll sing whatever the fuck yeah. you want me to yeah. sing because my voice is amazing. Like when that dude, um, that Izzy did "Somewhere Over the Rainbow" and it was just majestic. Mm. But okay, enough on that.